Welcome to Commander Crunch episode 39. You're here for your nutritious serving of tasty commander treats served up on the regular. We're all about celebrating the culture, community, and creativity of primarily our favorite format of Commander, plus a side serving of entertainment and pop culture discussions for ancillary influencers. Uh, I'm, of course, one of your hosts, Sam, and not joined by Chesh this week. It's way too early for him, uh, beauty sleep and all that. Um, it's a nice frosty 7 a.m. Uh, in Australia today, but kind of digging it because, uh, as, as I often say, the uh, our guest profiles with the community and creators have become a place to share and explore the essence of Commander and why we play in an effort to promote and celebrate those. Uh, we're joined this week by a good friend of ours, and it feels like we're doing the uh, the kind of the run through of the community of MTG Lexicon, but uh, I think each each one of these have been uh, amazing people as always, uh, kind of just great stories to tell. And uh, everyone has different great perspectives on life, and that's kind of why they're here and and, and why we want to. I want to you know be looking forward to quizzing said people. And and this one today we've got uh, got someone who is probably on that list of people that uh, absolutely inspire me all the time just to to keep brewing decks, to keep thinking about Commander in different ways, uh, really thinking outside the box and keeping that fun of Commander going and kind of being a real community staple and, and keeping positivity, positivity going. And then there's the other side of it being that uh, Gabe, who we're about to introduce, is a uh, is an amazing composer slash producer by the name of Icetep. So um, yeah, Gabe, how you doing, man? I'm good. Thank you so much for waking up. Um, I really appreciate you making <laughs> this time slot work for for me. Uh, it really means a lot. Uh, hopefully, it wasn't too frosty this morning. That's nah, fine. Um, and hopefully, this conversation will warm and brighten your day. Oh man, wait. Sorry, I'm starting off just really. <laughs> just- it's really bad. Okay. Hopefully, <laughs> no, I, don't give hopefully shit, but... I can recover a little bit. <laughs> I mean, speaking of frosty, I've got to ask you first. I've never asked this, but so so music straight up. Uh, and I, I found this was going to be some interesting perspectives. And I'm going to see how we can link this to magic because I think everything can in a weird analog. But as I always say, life is life and magic is magic. Like you don't have to make magic your life. And I think the perspectives uh, make everything a lot more enjoyable. But uh the name Icetep, am I saying it correctly as an acronym? I assume. I don't know how many play, like ways you could say it. And and what does it mean? Or is that a deep secret? So uh, it's not a secret. Uh, it is a stupid name that I came up with when I was <laughs> in seventh grade. I love those. Like a, and you're stuck with them, right? Yeah, it was like the name. Okay, so this is some deep, some deep Gabe lore. Deep Gabe lore. I used to play. Yeah, I used to play a lot of uh, Halo 1. Oh, demo because yeah. it was free and there was like a i guess as competitive as you could be in sixth and seventh grade mm-hmm. um for like tournaments that were played online there was free online matchmaking on this halo one demo uh so i would just play that and that was my that was my username or my my internet gamer name or whatever the ign uh acronym stands for yeah, yeah. And I, I cannot tell you what it means. It was just what I wrote into it, and I've just stuck with it. I and, love uh, it. Yeah, you know, some people may say, Gabe, why don't you rebrand? And I'll say, it's that's a late. great point. <laughs> Not even too late. It's just, that's a great point. I just don't want to do that at this point. Like, yeah. I have pretty good uh, search engine uh, results. Like, if you type it into Google, I think I'm one of the only things that comes up. I do think there is, mm. like, a, some sort of, like, 
conference that has the I same. I saw that. Name. There was like someone had like just by by chance like uh, matched the same acronym, and I'm like, "There's a conference and there's Gabe." <laughs> you know? Yep. But that's good though, because it's like there's only like two things that it could be, and I have I have like the Google thing already or whatever the Google Places tab is. So yeah, I'm feeling great about it, you know. And also the other thing, I literally have a cousin that has my name, like my whole name. Yeah. So, yeah. And that cousin is older than me, uh, so yeah, I step is just better for for everyone in this situation. <laughs> better for him, better for me. It's just the better the better choice at this point. I love it. Well, I mean, do do a quick rundown on um, on what you can expect if you uh, you, you type in. Um, I mean, I can. I was going to say I, I could do the uh, the rundown because I know you're you're awfully modest when it comes to your work outside of you know what what a lot of people in the commu- the commander community know you. Uh, for doing is just being a good person and playing commander you know brewing wacky stuff but like you don't talk about that much about what you do musically but i think it's pretty important and and again perspectives and all that but i mean what how would you sum up what you uh what you do in music and and um i guess your style even sure uh well it's been it's a very interesting question because the last year has been very rough for music uh in basically any any format, any way you slice it, except mm. for maybe like on the development side, uh, software, instrument, etc. Yeah. Um, I guess prior to the pandemic, I was working in uh, film and TV, uh, writing, uh, engineering for a couple of shows, which I am under nda for <laughs> i was gonna say about. no doubt no doubt right can't can't really talk about a ton of the work that i've been doing but mainly just um engineering writing ghost writing uh and then producing so i i've produced a lot for a couple of record labels in minneapolis uh where i'm from that's sort of really where i got my start um in high school i made some friends that uh were getting into rap music mm. and it really sort of exposed me to the indie scene there and obviously like you know i've been very fortunate to have good mentors and um just like good good references and good uh influences throughout my life because it's very challenging to make any sort of a career in music there's so many people that you know aspire to be musicians and i've had some pretty good teachers along the way so you know i would not definitely not be anywhere near where i am without any of that that helped and it's not like i've done this by myself either so mm. just wanted to acknowledge that really quick oh definitely definitely and it's like and, and i imagine too we can you know however however much we want to go into those things but what you do you know has a has a big element of creativity and i know you probably empathize that uh like i find a, a big part of my career is creativity as well and it's like it's just that's not a it's not generally a tap you can just turn on and there's so many things that can affect and factor that and, and how well or not, not, not so well, it can feel like it's following at certain times kind of thing too. And, um, I think that's a bit of an analog to why it can be very tricky to make such things your, your career. Um, and of course that the idea of it being very sought after, um, and then trying to find a, yeah, let's like say a living is, is, is pretty, um, I don't know. It's, it's like you've done pretty darn well to, to find a way to to make that work and and you know I want to say believe in yourself you know and you must be uh, pretty darn good at what you do which is um you know exciting stuff but uh yeah well yeah um, thank you um i mean 
just to talk about turning on and turning off creativity, I've been in a pretty uh, non-productive state for the last couple months. Mm. Um, it's been challenging getting everything going again, just like personally working. It, it's I'm I'm making progress on a couple of projects, but it's just not as uh, it, it sort of feels like I'm getting back into shape. Like if you've ever taken yeah. you're like done distance running, for example, and you take, you know, four or five months off when you start up again it's like wow every time i run i really feel like i'm just about to die like yeah, fall yeah. over die and it's sort of the same thing with being creative it's like i'm definitely i feel like a muscle or mm -hmm. something that you have to train um just to be able to do it consistently um yeah. and also part of the reason that it's been a struggle for me is my grandmother passed away i'm sorry man. in March and it's just it really affected me because I was in Los Angeles and I hadn't gotten the vaccine yet so I couldn't visit so I missed the funeral and I missed all of the services so I'm still sort of like I guess mentally recovering from that and it's just been challenging to find the sort of headspace and I guess capacity to even think about being creative yeah um and it's just you know everyone has trauma from the last year that we'll be unpacking with therapy right. or whatever for the next you know however long it takes us to process it and i think it's important to just acknowledge that you know it's not like everything is uh super great but that doesn't mean that yeah. everything is bad if that makes sense it's just yeah, like exactly. well you know we're, we're learning to live with this new world that we find ourselves in and i think that that's really uh sort of a revolutionary thing to be able to exist in that state that's right and it's like things aren't instant too and and i've found the one i was talking to actually brandon from lexicon and and we're having a chat about like you know there's times where like you, you should be happy or like you know like oh this is great now and especially in in contrast to say being you know kind of cooped up at home that kind of thing you start to get some liberties back of what you can do safely that kind of thing and for me it like took me a long time to even get relatively comfortable out in public first of all but it's like there's other things that were kind of a, a, a delayed trigger where it's like i'm still not i should be happy right now i should be like really like relaxed and i'm not you know there's something still there but like, i think that's it it's generally a i like to say take it easy on yourself approach which is you know um and and different people have different levels of uh uh how how much they self-sabotage and attack and all that stuff and um you know it I think it's just like, yeah, again, like I always go back to that, take it easy on yourself, which I know is a song and it's a, it's actually a song I listen to all the time. It, it, it's like you bang on like that whole message. It's, it's like, take your own path, uh, take your time with it as well. So um, no. also, I also appreciate you getting straight into those kind of things because uh, I usually have to like force those kind of like perspectives out of people, make them feel comfortable on the, uh, you know, uh, talking about you know even like some mental health type stuff too and um you know i think we've we've talked for a long time on lexicon and and the games we've played over i mean shit like the last year and you know i think um this is a exactly the reason i wanted to get you on board and you know have a good chat about you know life commander everything between which we already have started to do so it's gonna be a fun one dude yeah i agree and i i totally i totally feel you like it's just been such a crazy year i think like trying to obfuscate uh anything is just very disingenuous yeah uh it's important to just be honest just yeah exactly. about what anything is is happening with yourself like 
it's life is way too short to pretend to be happy on the internet or to try and like <laughs> exactly curate. There was like um I forget whose video it was, but I saw this really great video on YouTube about like beyond I think it was called like Beyond the Frame. Mm. And the person that was talking was talking about like how the only thing that their audience sees is what's in the like edited frame of their YouTube content. And it really got me thinking about like, you know, as creator, as uh, I guess a nano micro Twitter person or Instagram (laughs) person or face, whatever, just like if you post on social media and you have an identity or you have a community or you have friends or whatever, like just be careful in how you try and curate yeah, I was how about to you use come that across word. to other people. Because it's like we want to try and impress others, obviously. Um, and we want to try and like inspire others to live mm. their best lives. But I think it's important to not be disingenuous with how you do that. Yeah. You know, right. like I think there's a way to be inspiring to others, but also be like, I am deeply flawed. And mm. that's okay. It's a vulnerability thing, you know, like that's, that's exactly right. Um, I think that that's a point I'd like, weirdly, I've got a lot of pockets of wisdom from um, RuPaul's Drag Race because uh, Kate started watching that over the last, like probably two months ago. And like, I was oh, yeah. not ready for that to show the the level of like life insights that, I, that, <laughs> that it did. And it's like the amount of things, um, you know, like it gets to a point in the competition where always just goes, no, now it's time we want to see some vulnerability, like to show you're a human kind of thing, because an easy thing to do is, is or not an easy thing to do, but it's like a, a general pattern is, is someone in drag being like amazing as a performer doing what they do to the point where it's almost too, to a flaw where it's just like, no, but now it's just too, it's too much of a, a facade. Now the next step is to show you as the human kind of thing. And, and a lot of them have a lot of trouble doing that and like breaking through that barrier but ultimately that's what Ruth says like makes the best, like, you know, is going to be the most appealing is going to be the most relatable. Um, you know, it's kind of what people need to see. And that's, it's, it's the, we are in an age of influence and all that stuff. And it's very, it's easy to think that like, you know, there's a, a strive for perf- perfection and, you know, that kind of thing, how you projected, but you know, same reason we kind of, we jump on this podcast and we just, we just, we just talk and, and see what happens and, and, you know, I'll be the first to tell you that, uh, you know, if, if we're going through any issues in life, that kind of thing, and, and kind of we're all – it's more more just to acknowledge that, like, we're all here to support each other, you know. And uh, totally. I, I just want to, like, also se- absolutely celebrate what last year was, which was um, – uh, not not as the year, but, like, as as a product of that to, to get to – you know, I've said a few times, but – Meet yourself and and Fitz and and uh, and Joel and and all the Lexicon crew is like there. We we made it a kind of um, and pretty much anyone else I've played Commander with really, it, we made it a a kind of our own support network um, almost by like subconsciously really. Which is like what are, what are we looking to for uh, kind of you know a bit of solace and it's like go play Commander and like next thing you know we're we're all kind of chatting after a game for a few hours that kind of thing and. Um, to get different perspectives around the world kind of thing too. So always, and like you say, it's like, yeah, I appreciate uh, any time people are quite honest and they're, and they're not trying to curate anything too hard or like, you know, 
project a certain image of themselves it's like no nah, I'll, I'll tell you like you know straight up and and i think that's always what was so profound i was like wow this is these people across the world you know got, got gabe in la and, and and joel in canada that kind of thing um that kind of really uh changed a lot of things to go all right puts everything to perspective you zoom out a little bit for sure yeah because yeah. i mean no one really knows what the fuck they're doing no and exactly. if they do they're lying yeah because <laughs> Or they're, you know, very wealthy and aren't really worried about anything. That's like <laughs> something that no one really talks about. It's like, oh, well, if I'm rich enough, then I don't actually have to worry about any of these things. But Exactly, exactly. No, I love it. So, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get to, like, we'll get talking into some tangents of uh, life stuff, whatever. Um, very. Yeah, it's not like we just, this is a commander podcast and we've taken. No, no. Oh, dude, we've done all episodes where it's just like, oh, did we talk about the Magic the Gathering game yet? No. We haven't no, we even have talked not. about Magic the Gathering yet. <laughs> oh, that's what, dude, that's what it is. Magic the Gathering. Well, that's right. We're and talking that, about the Gathering. The amount of times, like, this has, like, resulted in the perspectives result in some amazing analogies that just get me thinking about the way and it really do result in the way I think about the game and appreciate a lot more. Like I always remember Joel's one. Uh, we on the fly made the analog for, for magic and ball hockey. And he said about ball hockey for him was, um, you know, they, they had that pickup game style uh, on the street where the game, like that, I, I can't remember the Canadian term he put it in, but the score is always uh, something, something, you know, like the score doesn't matter in a way and some people join and like you and you'd have anyone young or old go and join that game um and it went for years kind of thing and you're just like you're playing for the 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 joy of playing and it remind me of playing basketball at school like every every recess you're playing you're playing basketball and it's not for the the score you're, you're doing it for you know the joy of it uh and you play competitively because you're almost playing you're you're all on the same social contract. You're playing for the spirit of the game and you're playing for the good plays and all that stuff like that, but it doesn't matter who wins. And that was such a good analog to command. I'm like, that's a great way to approach it. Like you're not winning for some, you know, amazing invisible points. Like you want to win. Of course we do, but we want to celebrate each other when they win at the same time. And that kind of creates that kind of culture. Like, you know, we're not stopping winning, but we're kind of more there for the reason of playing. That's a good totally. way to put it. Yeah, that's yeah. a great analogy. I love that. So, so those kind of things. I was hoping, like I said, like I want to see if 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 your kind of experience with music, of especially, or if there might be something else we haven't talked about yet. But um, usually, those kind of um, cool analogs come out, and and we just get thinking about it that way. But um, yeah, I better start it off with some actual mu- magic, you know, content, and then we can go from there for sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, and I, I don't. I'm not deemed disparaging. It's like I just. No, uh, no. Yeah, I want I want to I want to totally uh, go down every tangent we possibly can, so please indulge. But uh as as a as a quota thing, we'll get some uh, modern horizons too uh on on the topic. So um I guess that was where I was going with that with uh Brewers notes kind of thing, I guess is uh is a very modern horizons 2 themed one this week in that uh I guess it's release weekend this weekend, I think. So it we're going to yeah. see we're going to see a lot of stuff uh kind of releasing into the ecosystem, secondary market, whatever. And I think it's going to be very interesting as far as what we've seen with the way collector boosters open. Uh, the boxes almost seem like you can't go wrong and don't don't use that as financial advice, anyone, please. But um, it's it's almost like that intentional push to get as many 
uh, like higher value, like fetch lands, things like that into the ecosystem as possible. Cause this set is not a, not a limited print run or anything like that. They've gone ham. There's been a lot of criticism about the prices of boxes. I understand it's fine, but when you see what's getting opened and especially if you, you kind of value someone opening a collector booster box right now, the current prices, you're like, this is absurd. And so prices will go have to plummet down for the, you know, the short term, of course, and, and have things like Fetchlands being wildly accessible, I'm hoping. I don't know what price they'll be or anything. But Oh, they, I, they are wildly accessible compared to what they were even a oh, couple totally. weeks ago. Um, and and then the like pre- give it two weeks. Wow. Was, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Give it a couple weeks, it'll be even crazier. And I think because you got a bit of contrast in like, you know, versions and stuff too. So you look at like if if someone wants the like crazy and it's nuts. I know there's so many versions of the cards now, but there's like an etch foil and then there's a uh, etch foil old border or something. And then there's like an old border, just normal foil. And I, it seems like people like them a little bit more because they feel like more the original foils, um, but to each their own, of course. Uh, and then you've got the extended border ones, foil and non-foil. And it's I think by that contrast, you're going to have things like the extended border, which do look cool to some people. That's fine. But by contrast to, say, the old border, that's like people are like, oh, they're the less desirable one. And next thing you know, hopefully they're like $20 or something instead of what we used to be paying $100 for scalding tons. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, I think that's a bloody good thing. Like it, it really is, and especially that I've seen this buzz in modern as well, that people seem to be brewing a lot of stuff from this set. And it seems like more so, I feel like it's affecting it more. This is just completely anecdotally. Like then I remember when Modern Horizons 1 came out and it had a few effects on mod- uh, on modern i guess but this one i think it's the whole culmination of people not playing modern last year and i think needing that as a bit of a you know a new thing and a, a breath of fresh air kind of thing but um i was going to ask you about the way you've seen it kind of affect modern and are uh, i know you said about before you're, you're even looking at like working some stuff in the modern yeah well um so i've been a big fan of the sort of like blue moon archetype it's, oh, it's sort yeah. of the like the pieces that are left over after the twin banning. Yeah. Um, the splinter twin uh, banning, which was a popular modern archetype that was like a pretty consistent turn four infinite combo where you smash down, you know, Pestermite and then turn four untap, cast splinter twin on Pestermite, make infinite Pestermites, and then attack your opponent for, you know, in, with an infinite number of creatures. Yep. Um, then that got banned because it was too consistent and my deck, you know, was taken away from me, which is fine. I, I understand, you know, yeah, we can't always have what we want. We can't always have what we want forever. <laughs> um, and so Blue Moon is kind of like a more, I guess, controlling. Uh, mid-range is kind of like a, a term I think you can't really use for it because you don't have a, as many threats. Like a, a Snapcaster mm. Mage isn't nearly as good of a beater as like Tarmogoyf per se. Mm. Um, and like what I would consider a true mid range is like a you know green X. But uh, all that's to say, Modern Horizons Two has been great. Uh, there are so yeah. many new cards that are so exciting, um, especially after this last year. Like you were saying, there's been absolutely no in person play events. You know, yeah. I've played a number of events on Spell Table. Um, this week I was able to go to some pre-releases for the set, which I had, you know, mixed, sort of mixed results at, (laughs) um, but that's okay, you know, because it's like, ultimately I'm playing magic in person again. And that's really like 
the thing that I'm the most excited about is being able to, at least in the United States, I'm in the US, I uh, got my vaccine. Everyone else that has been playing, I'm pretty sure, has been vaccinated. Um, and that feels really great to not mm. have to really worry about, uh, you know, obviously we're still worried. You you don't want people to be sick. Yeah, and Magic is a game that like is played by people of all ages. And that's right. there are kids that play and a lot of kids can't get the uh, vaccine yet or they haven't gotten the vaccine yet. I know the FDA just approved, I think, the Pfizer vaccine for people under 12 years old. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So kids can start to get it. And Magic is like a complicated game, but kids play it. So like, you know, you usually still wear a mask in stores, etc. But it's just, it's so cool to be able to do that after a year of spell table. And yeah, it's, it's amazing, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, how did I mean? How did your uh, how did your pre-releases go? I know you said mixed things, but uh, I saw your little rundown on Twitter actually, and it was kind of just fun to live vicariously through uh, what happened there. Especially when you drop the, uh, I guess we're playing five color. Like, you know, like that's always just that great. Like you look at a sealed pool or whatever, and you're just like, mm, this is going to be a fun one. Yeah, well, the first the first pre-release I did really well at because I opened two really good mythics and. I opened a Dacon, Shadow Slayer, and nice. Thrasta. And so I was like, well, I have enough pieces to play, you know, not the Grawl Storm deck. And I have a lot <laughs> of these, like, really dirtily cards. Why don't I just try and make a really dirtily deck? Yeah. And it was really successful because I had these really insane mythic, you know, sort of like bombs that could just win the game once I were able was able to land them. Um, and then the second pre-release I had, I did much worse at. I did. I still got a pretty good bomb, but uh, the meta at this second event was just way more aggro, um, yeah. and so decks would just run over me before I was able to get anything going. Like Dirtling is not good against like the Arcbound or modular. I was about to deck. say that, that's the that's the faster one. I haven't played any limited this set, but that looks like the one. I was like, oh, that'd be you know the fun police in a great way, which you know good formats have something like that as a check and balance. You're like, oh. I can't afford to like hang on too long. <laughs> oh yeah, like there's a there's a mirror that gets double strike whenever a plus one plus one counter is put on it. Oh, there's my. so many different ways to put plus one plus one counters on creatures. There's so many different modular creatures. It's really just such an amazing format. Like there's so many checks and balances against yeah. dirtily control style decks of just like super efficient creatures. Affinity for artifacts is in this set. I mean, like affinity for artifacts is like. in a limited set and it's so fun to just like get just run over by a giant four four salamander whatever you know i feel like like there's a little bit of that in like double masters but no one really got to play double masters so um being that uh you know a master set when it came out um but yeah it was mostly an artifact set and i had had a lot of that interesting stuff but you know again we just didn't get to play it um I'm actually like super keen to see like that kind of play. You don't see it much in a limited set where it's like really kind of tight artifact play like that, which is super satisfying kind of thing. Um, I have to ask too, it's uh, Chesh and I had a bit of a discussion about it. I've, I've got a mate who's an affinity player and some people are like, Oh, affinity was a scourge on the earth, you know, when it was in modern, that kind of thing. Uh, but I, I'm always like interested to like to hear what different modern players say about it. Cause I've heard some even say it's like, no, it's, I don't think it really deserved to get fully banned and it wasn't necessarily as bad as people think it was or anything. But um, I don't know. Do you have any strong affinity opinions? 
I don't really have any super strong affinity opinions. My my strongest modern opinion is that the format is in a really good spot right now after yeah. the the uh, addition of all the Modern Horizons 2 cards. I know that there's been a lot of conversation online about Urza's Saga, the land yeah. uh, saga, not the Urza's Saga, the set. <laughs> Urza's Saga, yeah. Urza's Saga, yeah. Urza's Saga, <laughs> yeah, uh, type Urza's. Um, it's a really cool card. Uh, I really hope they don't ban it for any time soon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Oh, that's right. Yeah. No, and bang on. I think that's that's always the best, like, thing to celebrate in a format when it's in this, like, creative phase where there's no defined thing. It's everyone's trying out new things and, you know, you can play, like, you don't have to play one of three decks or anything. It's it's like anything goes at the moment in, in a great creative it, And it way. really is. It's just like, how good are you with the pile of yeah. cards that you're bringing? <laughs> you know, like there isn't a best list. And I think because there's so many interesting threats and proactive threats now, there, there might not be a solved best list. I know there's the food deck is also like insane. Uh, yeah, that yeah. might be the best deck, like some variation of is the like, black cookbook, red. The and with uh, I don't know how to say the name of the card, but yeah, uh, Asmarana is called the car or whatever. Yeah, is everyone uh, just probably, going just going Asmo, <laughs> Asmo yeah, underworld cookbook? Yeah, <laughs> that's way that's way simpler to say. Oh yeah, um, but I think you know maybe something with that is really powerful. Um, I'm really excited personally for brewing around this card called Murktide Regent. Uh, it's kind of like a it's a delver-esque creature uh cares about instants and sorceries um and it's just a big dragon like what's not to love yeah yeah no i love it to bits like um yeah i think it's nice and there's there's gonna be i think if i didn't say it before it's it's kind of the point that uh i I make a few times which is uh i just thoroughly if, if someone hasn't touched modern I thoroughly recommend giving it a go and, and, you know, finding ways to do it. You don't have to necessarily invest uh, in, you know, the actual full cards, at, at, you know, to start with because I think that's a bit of – it's such a barrier and I wonder how much Wizards be like, well, if, if fetch lands are such a barrier, it's like print them to the ground. I'm like, I think that's what people wanted, it, it, like essentially. We'll see how much that changes prices. But, you know, at the moment, if if that's going to be – if that was the barrier, get your fetch lands for sure. But just just thoroughly recommend people like check out – like you know just expose themselves to modern a little bit more and 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 see what goes on there and and enjoy the rhythms and like like we say it's like sometimes commander could be that full casual outlet where winning isn't number one primary but like uh modern can be so much fun can be creative it's kind of relaxing in a way to like go back to a format where it's like there isn't an issue about winning or not winning it is about winning still (laughs) you know (laughs) like it's just when it is that like constant um and, and you can kind of learn a lot about the game in different pieces. And I always like that too, that I just want cards to have their home in different places, you know. And there's plenty of stuff that you might not look at for Commander because of the way it works kind of with the scale of the game and the, the life totals and the people. Uh, but as an absolute all-star in modern. And I, I kind of, I, I love that part of my collection goes towards those and then look forward to playing it again. But um, especially the, these kind of times where uh, we're going to have hopefully a lot more people playing it um i think it always pays to have uh you know uh, a deck for a 1v1 format as well i've always found if you you know you're playing commander at the store back in uh when you can 
you know, we're, we're kind of starting to return to those kind of times. Like, nev- you never know when it's like another friend might have a modern deck and you just jam out a couple of rounds of modern between, you know, waiting for another pot of commander. So, um, you know, those kind of things. It all, it all helps perspective. Yeah, totally, totally. Like you'd be playing commander between modern rounds kind of thing too. So I think everything mm-hmm. enriches the experience, again, with perspective for sure. But um, I think it's going to be a nice time for modern. But, uh, yeah, I was going to say the, I mean, more the commander lens, of course. But, uh, you know, is there much you've been looking out for in the set, like excited now after seeing a couple of cards in pre-release as well? And like, like, ah, oh, this is totally going in a, a deck or something you're going to brew? Um, I I haven't been super uh jazzed to build any of the new legends. I know there are a lot of really cool new legends. Oh yeah. Um, the one I'm I think the most I I don't know if I'm ever gonna get around to putting a list together for it, but it's the uh, I think it's called Zavaz the Glimmer Wasp. Oh yeah, it's yeah. A one Spe- mana modular one, and it's sort of like modular plus one kind of thing. So it's just like Boros plus one plus one counters modular deck. Um, that seems pretty interesting. Also, it's a one mana commander, which I always like. Yeah, turn I love one. that idea. Uh, it's kind of like a uh, Isamaru, Hound of Conda, or Kithian. Uh, or like Hope of Girapur as well. Like yeah, Hope of Girapur. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> example. Just just like little little dudes that you can get out early. Um, I've always been a fan of just sort of decks like that. Um, and yeah, I mean. I'm more excited for Modern Horizons for like the like not super efficient things that they've given us. Oh, like totally, there's so totally. many if super efficient cards in the set yeah. that are going to be really good in constructed 60 card 1v1 formats. And then there are cards that are going to be just like so sweet in <laughs> just commander ass yeah. cards, yeah. <laughs> well, and not even to say that it's like a you know, that's something bad about them. It's just like no. I really like that there can be these cards that are like fine and limited, but like, you know, commander is not, well, okay. commander <laughs> can be a format where you have these very sort of so-called inefficient cards or cards yeah. that you wouldn't see anywhere else. I know there's a meme right now about a seven mana, uh, reanimator, Sultai reanimator card or something. <laughs> uh, someone got really mad about on Twitter. Um, but like, where else are you going to put that seven mana card except in a commander deck? Exactly. Like, you know, uh, but I was just thinking of so, Samware and Convergence for some reason, like yesterday, it was living rent free in my head. I'm like, why am I thinking about this card? And it's like, it's just, yeah, it just I goes, goes, love in, Sandworm Convergence. goes in the right oh commander deck. And, and then you think, you think of like Avoncat Limited and you're like, you've got Sandworm Convergence. It was a fast format. You didn't care. You slammed that crap. Like you just like, I'm playing this and that my game plan is Sandworm Convergence or bust. And it's like, I, oh, yeah. I, I love how derpy it is. And I love how it warps the game when it, when it, it lands and people groan and like, yep. I can't attack you. Perfect. I love Sandworm Convergence. Um, I think Peter Mono Whiteboarder has killed me with flyers more than anyone else I've ever played. <laughs> uh, yeah, with. and so like I've been having to come up with ways to save myself from flyers. I don't know what it is about my deck construction, but I just like don't have mm. flying creatures because I'm usually like, well, I'll give it trample, and yeah. then I don't. That's my evasion, or I'll give it unblockable. I don't need to like get in there with flying and so flying just you know literally flies over all my strategies so i've been trying to think of ways and sandworm convergence is really good against flyers like it is so good against flyers yeah 
I mean, quick shout out to Peter too. I mean, I give Peter a shout out for pretty much every episode, but there's always, um, no, we love that dude. But uh, what did you say the other day? That made me laugh so hard where you're like, um, you uh, you went to play your uh, Approach of the Second Son for the first time to win the game. Oh my God. And, like, and Peter Angel's graced the trigger. And it's like, I'm pretty yeah. sure Peter's the greatest magic player in the world. <laughs> Yeah, I was just like so flabbergasted. He and he was like, "Yeah, I had it in my hand for like four turns, or like <laughs> since you cast the first one." And I've just been like fucking stonewalling you this whole time. And I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I've been blown out by Angel's Grace before, but never like that. I was playing uh, a deck, uh, Orzov deck. There's like very little way for me to draw it, so I literally waited seven turns to get the approach of the second sun back. Finally, cast it. And then he did that, and I was like, man, this is... Yeah. I've spent my entire game trying to do this, and you've just taken it away from me. Like, that is so sweet that you're able to do that. You know, like, yeah. I've never had that happen to me in my entire life. Exactly. Somebody like, angels graced a win condition like that. It's just <laughs> unbelievable. That and that's our story, that. and, like, that's it's just wonderful. And, like, you know, we remember those things for sure. And, like, you know, it's all about how you take them, too. It's like... I don't know how you could take that and be like, oh, I'm salty. Like, how's that? Like, you know, but no, no, some people do. But like, that was, yeah, that made me smile so hard. <laughs> I mean, I definitely am salty about it, but I can take it in a way that like is not like angry, you know? Yeah, it, totally, totally. I, I think this is, this is something that's very like nuanced of like, yes, it's okay to be salty, but it's yeah. not okay to let that negative attitude negatively affect the people around you like you have to be able to process your frustrations in a way that's productive not just that's in a way that's and you don't always have to but especially when you're playing commander like you're if you're an adult especially you have to be able to take things on the gin as an adult like it's part of growing up and that's not to say you have to like suffer but it's like If you get your wind condition angels graced or you get your really cool permanent removed, like shit happens, you know, like yeah, that, yeah. It's, there's nothing you can do about it. That's fine. Next game. Like hopefully you get the next one, you know, no big yeah. deal. I think I've gone to uh flipping around and go, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you have a really cool permanent, like a Mirari's wagon. So I'm like, yeah, it's like, expect that to go. Like that's, you know, oh, yeah. if you, if you get that coming back to your turn, like you've done something pretty lucky, you know, that's fine. But the one I, I gets me these days, if like, if I can make uh, one of my worst permanents, the target, like the chosen target, because it's doing something, I I'm happier more than anything. I'm like, that's hilarious. Like I'm like, yes, I made the, the one the other day, the soul catchers area, which is a bird tribal card. And it's just like when a bird dies, it puts a feather counter on it and then all the birds get plus one, plus one for each feather counter. And it's symmetrical too. So everyone, if we're playing Dovescape, Dovescape gets out of control. It's going to be silly. Um, we oh, won't yeah. talk about that card because everyone hates that card. <laughs> <Don't know. laughs> I'm meant to be playing Derpy Bird Tribal and that comes out sometimes. But still, um, mm. but it had I mean, Soul it's Catchers. It's a great bird tribal card for sure. Oh, yeah. And it's like everyone's just playing birds. But yeah, Soul Catchers area was like that out the other day, even with three or four feather counters on it because a few things died. Everyone's like, Sam's birds are 4-4, four, four, like more than 4-4 four, four each. And it's like... Uh, I'm going to choose that over the like the powerful enchantment or like the other things that are going on. I'm like, hell yeah, that's a win. Like if someone chose this derpy card, Soul Catcher's Eerie, I'm like, hell yeah. Like it's like respect for the card. And I, I, I mm-hmm. kind of chase that feeling now. It's hilarious. Yeah. Approved. Um, 
but yeah, no, it's it's. I mean, kind of got into a little bit, and 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 I think we'll just keep this following uh, from Brewers Notes, of course. A bit of Modern Horizons too. Uh, excited to see what happens with that uh, as we go forward, and I'll, I'll kind of keep talking about when I get some product. I think next week, what goes in the decks, of course, because we'll that'll unravel and i think it's always the the little uh nuanced pieces as well that i look for it's the commons the uncommons often um that have been overlooked in in you know on the search for the the big fetch lands that kind of thing so it should be good but um i was gonna um, have a couple of uh, i have a couple of recommendations these are my my top picks for commons and uncommons from the fire that i think are going to be really sweet in like the the future of the commander format and like yeah, maybe yeah. these aren't the best cards that have ever been printed but like they are definitely cards that i'm putting in all of my decks that have the yeah. cards for it and, and i think that's the type of thing too it's uh peter's definitely changed my my lens on things too i think you have to a degree as well in in enjoying all all the span of magic uh and and playing the more unexpected cards and like seeing seeing value everywhere you can as far as like things that can work in situations and uh, it kind of goes into eating your vegetables a little bit too, rather than looking for the the craziest stuff. And and it kind of inherently means it sometimes means you can build some budget stuff too, because not everyone's looking for these pieces. Oh yeah. So uh, uh, yeah, so what you got? All right. So my first one is not a surprise. It is Timeless Witness. I'm sure Ooh. everyone has already heard a million things about this card, but it's a Eternal Witness that costs one more, so it's four mana for a two one human shaman. Ooh, yes. Uh, ETB, same thing. Return target card from your graveyard to your hand. But this one has Eternalize. So uh-huh. a lot of times, Timeless Witness or Eternal Witness gets like milled into your yard or, you know, it gets wheeled away. And then it's like, well, I have to get another regrowth to get this one back or I have to, <laughs> you know, go through some other hoops. This card is sweet because Eternalize is just one of those mechanics that is just so cool to be able to, it's like Aftermath mm. uh, or Escape in that way of just like you can just get it back from your yard flashback um i i wish that they had put like a little you know flashback has that great little like tomb that they put or the tombstone yeah, yeah, that they yeah, put yeah. in the maybe they could come up with like a little eternalized zombie yeah anyway this this you can cast it for its eternalized cost exile it from your your yard and make a four four so all of a sudden you have a, a big chunky eternal witness which i think is, that's I think the bit great. yeah I, that's the bit that gets overlooked a little bit that the eternalized stuff is a four four so you're paying more for it but you're paying more to get the thing back and like you say it it's another card of value in a way like because you get a second casting of it mm-hmm. well, it's not and like casting, in a deck yeah, like I, exactly. I i i play a lot of uh adrix and nev which is the mm. one of the precons from and being able to eternalize you get two of these yeah because you create a token so you'll get that's two true. things back for seven man which is pretty good uh, you know, two regrowths and two four fours for seven mana is uh, better than restock. At yeah. least. I think anything that uh, deals with tokens that way in green, I've kind of look at in a, uh, and it's kind of a crash course in like sub theming things that you can put a little pocket or a little package of cards in a deck that may just synergize. They don't have to, but they can if they need to. And it seems like uh, playing like the classic card. What's the one? Um, oh, I forget what's called now. The two and a white one that uh, makes all your stuff indestructible but populates at the same time. Um, oh, uh, Rootborn. I think it's Rootborn Defenses. Rootborn Defenses. That's the one. So the populate on that, and I think there's a pop- there's populate on a few things that I'm always a little bit aware of. And it's like, oh well, just if you've got a mimic vat, if you've got, you know, this makes a token. Anything that's like it, 
you know, it's great the fact that it exists and does its thing on the card, and that's that's more than enough. But the fact that it makes a token as well is like semi semi uh, exploitable in a cool way. So like your your oh, populate yeah. will take advantage of that in a great way. The other one I've uh, I've kind of taken to playing a little bit as a bit of an a, uh, an unheralded card, um, Selesna Eulogist, which is like two and a green mm-hmm. centaur thing that just has an activated ability. Uh, I can't remember how much it is. Is it two or three to to uh, to play it? But basically, it's like a little bit of targeted graveyard hate in a great way, which I think this is always an underrated ability. Here it is. Yeah, so it's three mana for a 3-3. Three, three. Two and a green, exile target creature card from a graveyard, then populate. So populate's the type of thing. You don't have to do it if there's no targets. It's fine. But if it's there, it's amazing. So you can just hose a reanimation target or anything like that, you know, at instant speed and also populate. And it's like that, that stuff's like, that feels like your vegetables. It's not the most flashy stuff, but there's going to be some wild plays that come from it and it can be super, super effective for sure. Oh yeah, that's a sweet card. I yeah. uh, I gotta put this in my TCG player card. It's just away. such a sensible card. I love it. It's it's that whole like you know people be like oh like uh, scavenging ooze, scavenging ooze is like boring or something. And it's like no, but it's a vegetable. Like it's it's good. Yeah. You'll notice it will uh, kind of be the absolute match for sometimes an unfair deck. You know, in a way, and I, I say that quote unquote unfair. Uh, something's trying to cheat lots of mana. Like if you're just staring down with a. Uh, a scavenging ooze sometimes like that's that's enough to like put the spanner in the works for sure but, uh, um yeah so yeah i mean what what were you some of the other picks for sure i'm really keen to hear these now I, I love it uh the next one is mind collapse uh it's a four mana instant three and a red uh if it's not your turn you may sacrifice or if it is your turn you may sacrifice a mountain rather than pay this spell's mana cost and then okay. it deals five damage to target creature or player that's a wow so, that's a cheap cost it's, when you think about it's it. It's kind of like shard volley, uh, but it costs zero mana on your turn. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm imagining a world where you top deck this in the late game, and it's a free spell. Yeah. So it gets through a blocker. It gets rid of a planeswalker. Um, I, I think having five damage is is usually pretty relevant, especially for walkers. Definitely. Um, and it's just a free spell, so you can copy it. Uh, once you cast it for the first time, you can copy it or you can, you know, flash it back. There, there's just a lot of fun things to do with spells. And I think this is a very underrated removal spell Absolutely. You know, in a format with with things like Centaur. You know, like if, if I'm on the other end of that and yeah. I'm staring down the Selesnia Eulogist, like, and I have no <laughs> way to save my graveyard, here's a free spell to, you know, get rid of it. Um, yeah. And it also, like, you can be tapped out and go to attacks and someone can do a block and you can you know, get through a block or you can uh sort of in the same way that you can with like a force of will or a force yeah. of negation um you can sort of bluff S- having more reaction. yeah and it's like the, it's that's like, the great poker moments in, in in magic where you're like well look my shields were down oh no they weren't <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah and it's, it's a, it seems pretty innocuous just five yeah. damage um, but I, I think this this card has a lot of reach, especially in a format yes. where there's so many like three or four mana toughness creatures. Um, it's an instant too, so you can cast it mm. for four mana um, on someone else's turn, which is like obviously that's not super efficient for for five. Yeah. Um, but it it gets the job done. I think, I think this is going to be a great like role player for definitely the, ma- the mountain's such a low cost too like usually those kind of effects are like you know pitch another card which you know you might not have that many cards in hand that kind of thing and 
I think it's quite good. And like you say, I think damage gets overlooked. It really does as far as, you know, damage-based removal. Uh, but I think five is actually a really nice number. But, I mean, even so, I think the Planeswalker Part 2 is very much like throwaway to some people these days. But I think more and more it's it's quite relevant when it comes down to the things you need to get off the table uh, that are really affecting the board. Because, you know, Planeswalkers in the last couple of years have being printed in a way that have passives that kind of thing and and they really can throw a game off for sure or like your your game plan for sure so um it, it kills narset just it kills the narset part of avails if they cast if you're going right. to cast narset that was the one i was thinking of actually narset i was like for yeah free. for sure like the amount of times you um, stare down at that card you're like god damn can't do anything about it <laughs> yeah and like they might have really good blockers or they might have you know some sort of taxing attack effect where mm. you can't actually make a profitable attack into it. And it's like, I wish I had a burn spell. And yeah. this is a this is obviously not the most like I think if you're playing a deck where you can play Scred, you'd probably rather play Scred. Um yep. but this is definitely this is definitely an option for sure. I think it's got a CMC too, like of of like say four, which for things that care about like the CMC that you cast on certain things, you know, be it like a uh, Sunbird's invocation or whatever. I'm just finding more positives for it for sure, but I think mm. bottom line with this, and as as you continue to go through, because um, definitely want to hear you, uh, uh, especially in the, the commons and uncommons that you've, you're you're pointing uh, some attention to, like because I don't feel like they've had enough. But I was, I was listening to Brainstorm Brewery last week, and they were talking about the set in whole, and like it's it's fairly unprecedented, like you know the amount of say like fetch lands, like we say, and like the the amount of product for this set. So we'll see what happens, but what's going to happen anyway it's like there's going to be so much like chaff thrown aside uh like you know quote unquote chaff but this the the power in the set and like the the unique design and the fact that you're seeing wild uh keywords printed everywhere as well which is why this is such a fun set why i love modern horizons one as well like this in the pursuit of all the you know the the kind of whale cards uh there's going to be a lot thrown aside or, or dismissed and, and and brainstorm brew they were talking about i think it was dj basically said just don't throw away any chaff like hold on to it who knows what's going to happen with it a lot of these are the type of cards that like just go into a deck uh one day something else gets printed like oh this one thing from modern horizons 2 had this keyword that synergizes so darn well and like they're all doing all doing very unique interesting things so um yeah i'm, I'm kind of just like i want to hold on to all the stuff from this set for sure yeah and it's like these might not be the cards that you know, a new player is very excited to open in their kit. Oh, definitely. Uh, but I think that these are cards that if you are sort of a veteran of the format, you can find uses for. And even if you're not, yeah. even if you're just starting out, I think it's important to recognize that, you know, removal is just as important. Having good removal is just as important in Commander as it is yeah. as in Limited or Modern or whatever. Like, it's it's important to be able to remove problematic permanents if you want to continue developing your board state or to you know finish out a game or something and having a free spell especially a free spell is printed at common i think is is not something to overlook yeah exactly exactly i just i'm gonna i'm gonna throw a little one in there for like this is totally the card i could find about two or three decks that would play this just for i mean fun and also just you know it, it kind of does a thing you want to do sometimes or my kind of decks anyway i just sorry hard evidence one blue mana oh, sorcery I, I literally i literally <laughs> have that as my what, what, it was gonna be my second to next no way two cards oh, but yes love i love i love oh man oh my god what a packed card like two like, tokens two, two tokens, tokens for one mana 
One mana, create a zero three one blue mana. crab creature it's, token oh and investigate. My, this card is, oh, beautiful. This card is unbelievable. This is what I want to do in my life. Look at the little yeah. crab too. Yeah. Oh, gorgeous. Yeah, the crab token is insane. Yeah. Like, oh, this card is so good. I've it, Yes, the yeah, art's incredible. Yes. But yeah, it's like this This goes into Jury and Polymorph because you want non-creature ways to have creatures, if that makes sense, like just cl- mm-hmm. like cheap ones. Uh, and it even cares about the uh, artifact token too because there's things like Indomitable Creativity that Polymorph the artifacts as well. So, um, oh, beautiful. Like it's 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 such a tidy package, like cute crab. Yeah. Uh, you hit the crab's after the little golden bangle from the skeleton as well. And like that like tells a little story about how the crab got the the... The clue, yeah, the flavor like, text is just so good. This this <laughs> card is just so good. Like I just, I, I wish I'd opened a sketch version. Oh I, yeah, I'm so happy it. that I picked that one. Like I I literally not even seen. I just like scrolling through the thing now. Like yeah, that speaks to me. And it's like to fight to to hear you found the same one. And it's like that is perfect. So yeah, yeah. sorry sorry to steal that off your list. Oh no no no, that's <laughs> totally fine. I'm glad we uh we're on the same wavelength. Here. Oh totally, you're in the right place. I love it. Um, so what was, I mean, what was the one that was sandwiched between those? Uh, the next one was going to be Wave Sifter. Ooh. This is a, uh, uh, it's, it's the new, um, Mold Drifter. So it makes artifact tokens. Uh, yeah. It's a three, it's a, Wave Sifter is a five mana, three and a green and a blue for a elemental flying. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, you get two clues. So investigate twice and then you can evoke it for a green and a blue and it, it's a three, two. Uh, so it's a five mana flying three two, which is not irrelevant, but you get two tokens. So it's two mana for two tokens and a death trigger, which I think is like unbelievable. This this, this card exists. Like it just oh, yeah. it does so many things that you want to do in Commander. Um, like if you're in a Sultai deck and you cast this and you you have like some sort of a edict effect, this just like. Yeah. Any any evoke thing with edicts is just such a brutal play experience to go up against. But even if you're playing it fairly or you're reanimating it, like the clue tokens are they they help so much to just like dig through your deck. Or if you're doing one of the like the new junk sort of strategies, which they're calling like the mm. the blue green make a bunch of things deck. <laughs> I love it. That's what the um, archetype was called in the uh in limited too. It's like junk. <laughs> it's just like yeah, yeah just all the tokens. You're just gonna have you're gonna have a bunch of stuff around and you mm-hmm. can do, you know, whatever you want. You could do like uh the um planeswalker Tezzeret the Seeker Ooh, yeah, yeah, as yeah. an ultimate that can turn all your stuff into five fives. I was gonna say that one War, um, I think does the same thing. That one gives you affinity based on your artifacts or whatever too. That blue black one. Oh that's oh uh, yeah, the that, uh, the new one, yeah. The, the 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 box promo one, I can't remember what set that was from. War of the Spark, I, think I believe. Yeah. Fitz yeah. always plays Tezzy. this one. He he uh he loves Tezzeret cards. Yeah. Kinda nuts. Uh, exactly. Uh, again, it's like bridge. Yeah, that's right. It it's got token it's tokens too, so things that synergize there. Nils Harm art, like that one. That's some, mm, I love it. Flying fish. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Elemental. Yeah, I love this coin. one. It's just like, it's such a simple card. Um, and it's just like, it, it does so many things. Um, and like, you know, you're not playing Commander to play Tarmogoyf, I don't think. Yeah. Maybe if you're playing competitive Commander or you're in like a more aggressively efficient uh, environment. Um, and that's totally cool. Like, it, you know, for there's different kinds of games for different kinds of players. And I think I definitely want to be in games where 
I can cast a wave sifter on turn four or five <laughs> and not immediately just lose the game because yeah. I've spent all my resources playing this nice fish. You, you got a, a flyer and some clues. Uh, also, yeah, that, exactly. that type line of uh, in, enters the battlefield, comma, investigate twice looks so cool. I don't know why that is, but it's just like, I think they've done a lot of, um, uh, I don't know. Actually, I don't even know if that's like, you'd, you'd say that any different way. Or maybe I've seen the cascade, then cascade again. That's a pretty cool way to put it. But like, investigate twice just looks really nice. I don't know why. It's very cool. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. Any any others you have on the list for uh, in the great commons and uncommons? Uh, I'll finish it off with uh, blacksmith's skill. It's a one mana white instant. Uh, target permanent gains hexproof and indestructible until end of turn. If it's an artifact creature, it gets plus two plus two until end of turn. So this card is just so good. It protects anything, everything. Uh, I imagine a world in which you cast this on Zada. Uh, in some sort of nonsense <laughs> yeah. five color Zada list, um, you can use it in Feather. Uh, this card is so good. I even even in decks where you can't just like get a ton of copies to do things with, I mm. think this is so good. Like, let's say you do cast a really cool permanent like Mirari's Wake or Sandworm Convergence. That is obviously going to draw some ire from your opponents, and having yeah. a one mana, nope answer is often all you need to you know close out a game or to untap with it and then be able to use it and i think it's really cool to be able to like have such an efficient option that like obviously could be played in modern if there's ever a deck that could play it like a prowess deck or something yeah but like also like this is sweet in commander like it doesn't say target creature or target artifacts it's target permanent so it can also be a land Mm. like i i just love i just love the design on this one Hexproof and indestructible is that nice thing, and it's also like it hits one thing. I remember when um uh what's the oh the green one um with the Jani on it that's now twenty dollars uh uh heroic intervention. I'm running out of card names in my brain, but yeah, heroic intervention was that one that was like oh glad it finally has this. Uh, like I used to play a Mazarek deck and just felt like when I was learning to play commander, I'm like oh, dang don't don't you hate it when all your stuff gets blown up or like targeted whatever because it's actually really good um and it's that for for one thing of course um but it's just like the 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 most efficient tidiest like version of the card too uh and then also like from what i've seen this will be one of those prime ones that gets just chucked aside in the pursuit for uh fetchlands and stuff because i believe this is printed old border too so um yes which looks super nice with the art like it just just fits right like it feels like an old card art in a, in a great way like a very high fidelity of course but just has that old old style charm very very cool no I dig it yes um, so that's that that sums up uh my top picks for uncommons and commons from uh modern horizons to uh, i do want to give one quick shout out to jade avenger yeah, yeah. one and a green for a two mana frog samurai <laughs> two two with bushido two it's just i love a good bear you know i love a good yeah. two mana two two and this is such a good two mana two I love it. Um, and, definitely, and then, I, I don't know what deck this is going to get played in, hopefully, in the future, when there is a <laughs> return to Kamigawa of some sort. They'll give something cool for the samurai archetype, which right now has... I think there's there's literally two samurai that are green, including Jade Avenger. The other one, I think, is Isao Enlightened Bushi. Yeah. Um, so hopefully there'll be more samurai support cards. Um, but this card is just such a sweet little 
sweet little bear. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be commander playable, but it's uh, it's playable in my heart. You know, the art is so endearing. That's if that's not a reason to play, then what is? You know, like it's 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 a frog samurai. It's it's amazing. I love it. Um, and I was going to say a couple of things there, but yeah, bottom line for all these, like scour scour all your chaff in this in this set and don't throw it away because there's there's going to be playables everywhere in in a great way and just have some fun with them because. As new as this set is, people aren't going to see some of the things coming because you're going to expect to be, you know, haymakers. But it's all about the the little things that do some amazing things, and and sometimes at the most, at at, at you know unprecedented efficient efficiency for some of these too. Like we said with the other one, like things being one matter for what they do is awesome. So um, yeah, eat your vegetables. But you said you said bears, and that is the perfect, 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 perfect uh, segue to uh, something I was going to talk to you about. A bit more like unpacking your style and and philosophy of commander, uh, and what better way? Uh, again, it's like whenever you've come up with a new deck, uh, you know, every month or so, or whatever. I was like, oh, what's Gabe's playing today? It's like I always know we're in for a, a great ride because there's a sprinkle of creativity. There's there's some of those like aforementioned like interesting cards for various reasons like they do something really fun interesting interactive or they have you know they're charming they have you know they have a place in your heart of course but none more than the uh the latest kind of one i played you uh again uh, played against you with and you i mean spoiler alert absolutely cleaned the table with me and it's amazing and there's no better way to go out but like when you played ruxa which was the mm. <laughs> the no uh, no is it no keyword tribal kind of you play playing thorn elementals really like yeah, it was just yeah. an absolute it, uh, time yeah it's a it's a great uh, it's a great green deck uh, Ruxa is a really fun commander really forces you to build a deck in a way that you can't really build any other decks like you're playing so yeah. many cards in that deck that you really don't play anywhere else. Uh, because you know paying i mean gigantosaurus i think might be playable in <laughs> a big green stompy tribal or maybe in what's the dinosaur galta i, yeah, I think it's yeah, called yeah. like you could and- play some of these cards in a galta deck but like i unironically play ancient brontodon in this deck and yeah lebrontodon james as we call it, it slaps <laughs> you know like it's a nine mana it's an eight mana nine nine with ruxa out it's a eight mana 10 10 and like it gets the job done you know it it's very it's it it's hard to block because it'll survives pretty much anything and it just <laughs> with ruxa out it just attacks you and that's 10 damage by yeah. itself and like you know uh I, I suppose i should say what ruxa does because i'm just sort of talking as though the the listening audience has read the oh, card. And, uh, and I think it's the type of thing too that a lot of people go, oh, it's a bit of a meme commander. Everyone thought of Ursa Bear Walker and it's like, you know, he's, he's this uh, mm-hmm. commander that's very niche and it does a meme thing because it cares about the uh, the things with that flavor text or whatever and then kind of moved along. And as I did, kind of like forgot what it said after that. But yeah, go for it. Uh, so let me see if I can find my copy in an expeditious manner. Basically. Charming art too. Yeah, it's a it's a bear professor at Strixhaven. <laughs> I'm not sure if if Ruxa is teaching the bears themselves or if, like <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't read the like lore behind Ruxa. The so deep I'm, lore of maybe, Ruxa, but yeah. Yeah, I don't or if there even is deep lore. I'm sure there there is somewhere. Um, in my Ooh, copy is... Reddit just has the full art of Ruxa uh with a little surprise I want to see now. There's like what else we can see in the full art. There's a student there. Everyone's yep. made it out like Ruxa's uh like teaching the the kind of 
the the idiot creatures because um, they mm. don't have abilities. But like, I don't know. I don't think anyone there looks particularly idiot. I mean, you know, the thing about creatures with idiot idiot creatures with no abilities is with Ruxao, you know, with the right teacher, anything is possible. Yes, you can really do anything. What a through line, you know, yeah. for sure. Um, so Ruxa, I found. I just pulled it up on the gatherer. Uh, it's yeah. Ruxa, patient professor, is a four mana, two and two green, legendary creature, bear druid. Uh, when Ruxa enters the battlefield or attacks, return target creature card with no abilities from your graveyard to your hand. Creatures you control with no abilities get plus one plus one, and you may have creatures with no abilities, or you may have creatures you control with no abilities assign their combat damage as though they weren't blocked. So. This turns all of your vanilla creatures, vanilla is like, they have no abilities, uh, vanilla creatures into Thorn Elemental, which is a famous card. I think it was printed, I don't know when the first printing of Thorn Elemental is, but I have the 7th edition uh, foil, which I think a lot of people have from when they started playing around the time I did. Uh, I got this one that I'm holding in my hand from Nick, uh, G3 on the Lexicon. He gave it to me because uh, he's oh. a very nice person. He's a uh, but nice it's a 7-mana seven 7-7. Seven, seven. And it has the ability, you may have it deal damage, combat damage to defending player as though it weren't blocked. So, yeah. you know, it does really good into blocks because you can't really block it. Um, and that's the whole idea of Ruxa is you create this army of vanilla creatures and then you can just, do they have blocks? Too bad. You know, like, do, do they not have blocks? Too bad. Uh, you can it's usually a, just get through. It's the Agent Smith line. It's like, it's inevitable. <laughs> yeah, it, it is pretty inevitable. Um, you know, obviously, if you're playing in a pod with Mono White Border, uh, you got to watch out for those pesky Dawn Charms. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I've played some Dawn Charms lately because of uh, one Mono White Border. It's like, yeah, it got me onto using those Dawn Charms for sure. You know, and, and Fogs are very efficient. But, like, this this deck is basically looking to aggro out your opponents with you know very efficiently costed big dumb creatures yeah. and then have basically try and run over the game before anyone can really get their their engines going um also that it can sort of tighten a card back is really sweet mm -hmm. i think that's very underrated so you can use effects that pitch cards to tutor for things um it's really good with i don't have a copy but um survival of the fittest or fauna shaman Super yeah, good yeah. with that because you can pitch, you know, your ancient Brontodon, a Brontodon James, uh, to tutor <laughs> for something that's relevant, like a, uh, or you can, you know, use uh, evolutionary leap in the same way. Just anything that can you can get value in discarding in green, I think, is really interesting because green has so many graveyard shenanigans going on already, mm. with regrowth, life from the loam, etc., and being able to pull out like, you know, meteor golem or having a fight effects is really interesting in a deck that like you wouldn't normally expect to have a ton of answers like i think when people sit down and play green decks that are like the yisan the wandering bard or yeah more like toolbox tool style decks you know you don't expect the toolbox deck to also be the the vanilla creature tribal deck <laughs> and, uh, it, you know it doesn't you don't win all the time it's not like it's a no, a sure thing victory but it, it, the victories you do get are so satisfying because totally. it's just like you attack for so much extra damage usually and, and and it's like it's it's the whole the underplayed stuff too and i think you know that scratches the itch that it, it gives a home for a lot of these cards that might not actually find a place but it's 
you know, I think I think most cards have a place, you know, for sure. And I think that's they're the type of like commanders. And I know I wonder how much, you know, I imagine you look at these two that uh, when you look at the commander, you go, oh, how does this warp the way other cards work in a in a great way, or give them a home, that kind of thing. And I think you know that is such a, a satisfying way to build something that you can it it changes a lot of your premonitions about things or you you know preconceive ideas on you know especially if like deck building's getting stale like you know ah oh, just include this include that you know next thing you know it's like ah oh, why why is this half the template of my last deck and it's finding something to really shake that kind of um equation up is is quite amazing for sure but um yeah i say too the um and- i just just saw that ruxa as a as a little quick side when i was looking up the stuff so what Rux is writing on the board is two of the symbols from Muruganda Petroglyphs. Mm. Nice. It's also a good card in the Ruxa deck for exactly. sure. Exactly. <laughs> it does it does the thing as well. But yeah. Um and like you were saying, you know, finding cards that are really interesting, but you might not play in other places. Like yeah. there's a lot of devotion in these vanilla creatures, like True. Uh a lot of green pips. Um, oh, and you can't play. I know where this is going. <laughs> yeah, you you can't play things. You can't play traditional overrun effects. I think a lot of brain yep. decks usually will win with some, you know, crater hoof behemoth, or they'll yeah, win yeah. with overrun or uh, triumph of the hordes, or in this deck, you know, it gives something trample. along those lines. Now, Sam, yeah. in Theros Beyond Death. Oh there my god! Oh my god! I had to dig this card out, was... man. I had to dig this card out after you played it. <laughs> and I think I think the problem with a lot of these cards is they are. I, I will admit, for sure, win more cards because yeah. by the time you have the devotion relevant to like kill the entire table, oh, you're probably yeah. going to win in another way. <laughs> However, Clothis's design is a six mana sorcery that gets oh uh, gives all your creatures plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is your devotion to green. So, uh, talk about throwing something in the in the draft chaff as as many people had done, myself included. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean this card is I think pretty objectively bad in a deck oh, that's I, not I don't know. Like, to yeah. give your uh, give your stuff no other abilities. Like my the same thing with vitalizing with it, like, beg- wind. Yeah, like my experiences with this card now beg to differ because I, I just have a memory of like the the damage and the set, the thousands it felt like like far out. <laughs> yeah, I mean like ten ten is not unreasonable. Like oh, six yeah. mana to give all your creatures plus ten. If you have ten creatures, that's a hundred power of from just six mana. Like yeah, that's a lot of damage. And it's the the beautiful puzzle piece here because, like you say, a lot of people would look to you know, look for your overruns, you know, which you're paying five mana for, mind you, uh, your overruns for things. But because they have the trample as well, they have that evasion built into them, and and that's the beauty of this one. Just slots so well into Ruxa because it's like the evasion never mattered anyway. We've already got that sorted, so you know, just sheer sheer power is amazing. Yeah, um, I, I do want to also say one of the best cards in the deck besides. Clothis's design is Vivian Champion of the Wilds. Yeah. I guess I in in uh another way is uh Yeva, uh Nature's Herald. Yeah. Um yep. both of these are ways in green that are not uh what is the card that the Vidalcan Ori or whatever. Vidalcan Ori, yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's they're cards that do essentially the same thing, but are not Vidalcan Ori. Yeah. Um because you can't give stuff haste. If they have haste, they are not unblockable, or they don't assign damage as though they weren't blocked with. Ruxus. That's the fun so puzzle this be deck to... because you power things up with words, and it like it, it debuffs them in a way too, which is like, oh, that's yeah. not what I want. Yeah, and also like you know, Ruxa being the sort of like 
uh, fulcrum that your deck operates with is very susceptible to removal. And being able to recast Ruxa, so like if somebody, let's say you're in a situation, you're playing this deck, somebody destroys Ruxa, but you have Yeva and you know six mana, let's say they can cast. You have ten mana open. You can cast Yeva at flash speed, but after they've destroyed your Ruxa before damage, and then flash in Ruxa. Oh yeah. So then all of a sudden you can just deal the damage anyway. Like there, there's so many fun because it's like a creature. You can just flash it back out. Yeah. Um. I I got a lot of tricks playing an Avacyn, the Purifier, I think is what it was called, or Avacyn Archangel Avacyn. Um, deck of just having flash on your commander is super underrated. Oh yeah. Um, it, it, if not for just blocking, for giving it haste, like whatever, and expanding that to the entire rest of your list. Like I think flash is one of those really powerful mechanics that, especially in a in a mono green deck, where you literally can't give your stuff haste, mm. is like so key to being able to be competitive at a level that like and not to say like competitive competitive yeah but beyond like, everything to else but like i think to compete with a deck that's gonna give stuff haste in a normal way you know to, to give your deck play and i think that's it that i i've uh, very much recently been thinking a lot about how much more powerful something becomes when um or you know also the opportunity for more fun more timing more poetic kind of justice on things if you have flexibility on timing like that that sorcery speed versus instant speed is such a bigger gulf than i'm starting to initially have thought um and and you know josh lee quiet's always said about live for delconori being a great card i always enjoy it love it to bits i play those effects where i can because they change your timing uh and that around of the table is a long time too like for you know or, or three people's turns like whole turns before it's yours again uh and and the difference between having to have something try and survive then or being able to play it at the most opportune time is is uh quite amazing too and you find you're more engaged too so you're you're if you're if you've got something to do at instant speed like uh otherwise you're sorcery speed everything pray and hope and not really pay attention to other people's turns you know and that, and that can be a little bit like dismissive of the rest of the game too if you're just like oh i'm playing my stuff out let's hope we get back to mine you kind of tune out go get a drink or something while it's other people's turns and like you know Sometimes you need to do that, but it's 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 always that like nicer when you're engaged with everyone else's turns as well. Totally, and also like it makes the game more fun to be totally, able to totally. have more, like you were saying, more play. Like when you feel like you can take more actions in a game, yeah. you, you're going to enjoy it more as opposed to you know a linear strategy that might have yeah. more interaction. Having something that's like unexpected, like if I flash in a creature in my mono green deck with you know the uh the bolus land uh what is that called oh Something um, zone. yeah oh, the, 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 you're right the um uh the, the the it's like the budget version of alchemist retreat or whatever it's not scenic yes. either yeah um awakening zone or something i, I don't know uh, well. it's no that's emergence that's, that's zone emergence zone awakening zone is a three mana uh eldrazi scion spawn the chairman thing yeah yes um but yeah totally having or or like i guess winding canyons is a, a yeah. much more expensive version of that same effect but emergent zone is you know another one of those war of the spark or one of those like draft chaff cards that like yeah might not get played everywhere i think commander is great because you can take a card like that that's like sure there's a probably functionally better version of it in winding canyons that you can use multiple times but like if you're in a situation where you need to cast something at flash speed 
it's usually because you're either about to lose the game or like not mm. or like win the game or try to not lose the game and usually once is enough you know like yeah. untapping a one tapping a winding canyons i feel like unless you're doing something extremely value based like once is usually enough for some some kinds of these effects and like i think it's great to have cards that like see no play you know like if you were to look up some of the cards in this deck they'd probably be in like 30 other decks outside of the ruxa deck and it's just like when a commander comes along that all of a sudden that's the muraganda petroglyphs commander or like yeah <laughs> the, you know whatever I, I love when i love when they can have the design to just be like all right here's a new thing for this thing and commander players yeah. can go crazy with it you know i i think there's there's been enough like uh thankfully there's there's still been enough quota on you know i want to say weird but weird's maybe not the right word but it's like uh you know that less optimal abstract but as a result that actually becomes you know uh it hits on a different axis you're not ready for because i mean that's totally the experience too like we were i can't even remember what i was playing but we were doing other stuff and it's like oh wait a second nope yep mm, these vanilla creatures are going to be my downfall and you know 10 here 10 there and i'm i'm losing my life total like i was in life support very quickly and i'm like this this deck has legs green also is resilient like it's bringing things back uh, and remember that moment in the game too, and like we talk about, like what you target has like a, a a value of respect in a great way. I had a lot, a bunch of things I could reanimate uh, to try and stay in the game for for certain reasons. And I was like, you know what's actually going to do the job and probably be the best. I'm best served to choose. It's your ancient Brontodon. <laughs> it's just this mm-hmm. bit vanilla dinosaur that's just enormous, and it's like that was the thing I had, I reanimated rather than all these like higher um, kind of profile uh, ETB creatures, that kind of thing, because that was the one that was going to do the job. This big old meat wall for sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, big old, it. big old, big old Brontodon, you know, sometimes it just, you need a big, a big boy to get the job done. Just does the job. Exactly. Um, you made a great point about the interaction thing. And I think it's something I even saw, like I don't look at Reddit too much, but I had a glimpse this week and it was interesting to see, uh, it feels like, you know, inevitably we're, we're going to be greeted with new people uh, getting into the game, especially as Wizards expands to, you know, getting Post Malone on game nights, that kind of thing. And we're going to see some Lord of the Rings stuff, of course. We're going to see some Warhammer, um, more more things crossing over. And uh, I think I think it's always a good thing to welcome people into our game. Like, you know, why would it not, for sure? Um, but I, it was as a result, I think uh, there's, there's chatter about more and more people getting into Commander um, potentially even people that hadn't played Commander, like say on a webcam or whatever, or, you know, got back into it uh, and kind of like the, the lens was back on it and, and it felt like there was a bit more of an influx. And the discussion I saw was like, has it become like weird and, you know, taboo or something to even like uh, run any kind of interaction? And there was even a little bit of a criticism that maybe even the game nights were like, the style had become like running less interaction um, to favor a, you know, a more camera friendly game, which can go either way, of course. But I think there was a commentary that's like, hey, heuristic study lasted the whole game. <laughs> it's like, when does that happen? Um, you know, and, and like, I think Lexicon's been a place too to think about where uh, I've talked to Brand about this too, like what a, a kind of a public view on your games does to the way you might build the decks to play to, to be more entertaining, whatever. Um, but I still honestly, and then I'm keen to hear your thoughts on this too. Like, I honestly believe, um, you know, the interaction is a real heart of the game and on like, honestly, a, a real pathway to, uh, like healthy games too. 
you know like it's 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 uh it's kind of that, that it's it's an inter- like it, it is called interactive like interaction or interactivity and and because it's not only like you're interacting with other people's game pieces you're interacting with the person and it creates a dynamic it creates a back and forth um yeah you shouldn't expect to always have your stuff on the board <laughs> you should expect it to go i think that's and i don't think that's a you know um kind of uh a bad thing or anything at all like it's just like it's going to happen uh you know it's there may be people getting into the game and go oh i just why 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 couldn't anyone let my planeswalker just sit on the battlefield and let it you know ultimate and it's like well i don't want to say threat assessment but like you know kind of the heart of a game it's not it's not a bug it's a feature uh is interaction kind of thing too so i don't know there was there's a bit of a talk even like is do, do we need to have a rule zero chat about running things like you know basic interaction being like remove target permanent or something like that like a vindicate and it's like no it's like we're gonna we need to run those things and honestly i think it makes a better game but um i don't know what are your thoughts on that one well i i would like to start by saying that i think people that are entering the, the format for the first time yep. have no obligation to people who are enfranchised in the format to play the game absolutely like how they want to play like i feel yeah. like somebody that comes in buys a pre-con because they saw post malone play uh commander on game nights uh takes that pre-con doesn't change anything goes to their lgs plays like you know games for a week or two weeks and then it's like okay i'm done like that's that's the best kind of player for the game because like that's yeah. what keeps product being made like is people yeah, that can totally. interact with it at a super casual level like there was a long time I played Magic before I ever knew about Commander. I would just yeah. play with my friends, 60 card constructed, 100 card constructed, not modern, not just tabletop Magic. Kitchen table. You know, yeah, we, would build, exactly. we would just build like, you know, whatever decks. Like I had a, a janky combo deck. Uh, a friend of mine had like a, in, what is that? Uh, Abyssal Persecutor deck. You know, just yeah, like. Nice. Uh, just, you know, jank just you're playing cards because they're interesting or you're playing cards because they speak to you or whatever. Like it doesn't have to be one way or another. Um, and that's just sort of like, you know, I know there's a lot of commentary on if new people, new players should do one thing or another. And I just wanted to say that before I say anything else, just because it's really important for new people to, to come into the format. If magic is to keep growing in any meaningful way. Yeah. And and Um, for us to be custodians and welcoming, you know, like, and I think that, that, that point always needs to be made. I would also like to say that I think the new pre-cons, so these are the decks that people are usually going to be entering Commander with because, yeah. you know, there are, what, 14,000 cards in command, Legal and Commander or something? Like, most people, oh, and more, myself yeah. included, are going to start Commander with a pre-con. And the new pre-cons, like, they, they fucking slap. I was about to like, say they slap. <laughs> it's the exact like word. They, are, they freaking slap out of the box. There, so. are, there are so many good, efficient removal spells in a pre-con. Yeah. If exactly. you are playing a commander deck, I feel like a- any relevant like competitive level, I feel like a precon is pretty much like four precons facing off. There's going to be a ton of interaction that happens yeah. in that game. Like it's gonna be not as much game. as in a more efficient one, or like with people who have very you know uh, entrenched collections, obviously. Yeah. But like there's one mana instant speed removal spells in precons, and I feel like you should just be ready for that. Like yes, exactly. You're nice shiny planeswalker is a big threat and like you're playing it because if you get to do the thing you'll win the game you know or you'll come very close to winning the game and that's great like 
it's threat assessment. It's assessing what other people have as your threat assessment. Like, you know, I, I think it's great to have people uh, cast a big flashy spell for it to get countered because it, it makes you better at the game when something doesn't go right. You know, yeah. It's like in life, you have to learn from your mistakes or you have to learn from what other people do. And like, you know, sometimes people are just dicks and well, you can't escape. Exactly. You can't escape the like the people who are going to who are going to like do things to spite you yeah. and not in like a friendly way, but just in like a, you know, whatever. They're, they're just not a social person or something. And that's yeah. like that comes with anything. Like, I'm sure you've played basketball against people like that, you know that are just mean or and, and like inevitably in any, and we were sort of talking about this in our pre-discussion, but just, you know, when people are really passionate and they love stuff, yeah. what, what did you say? Like passion breeds that or something? Totally. Like we're talking about toxic cultures and it's like, that usually comes from a, uh, a place of uh, one person is trying to say they're more passionate than the other one, you know, like, and it's, it's like that battle is almost never ending kind of thing. And, and it feels like every little subculture is toxic, uh, has an element of toxicity it's just like you know inevitable in a way yeah and like magic is no different and it's it's our it's our job as you know community members yep. to try and build a better community with like that those things in mind so it's like how would a new player feel if they are placed in a pod or they you know do a uh channel fireball uh spell table event in commander yeah. and they have their new precon and they get potted up against a player who like misrepresented their power level or only wants to play a particular style or like yeah. lied about having something in their rule zero talk. It's like you don't want somebody to be like turned off of the format because somebody else was a dick to them, you know, or at a game store or whatever. Or like, yeah. you know, there's a tweet thread about the guy who like you should have made better life choices of. They said that to somebody who like had to like drive home from a limited event or something. I saw that. And it's yeah. like, you know, it's like, I understand that like there are people who want to play magic at a super high level and because they love the game, they want to like express playing at this like competitive, how tight they can make their lines, how well they can read, you know, what, what the, the winning play is. And commander is definitely a format to, I think like enjoy the social experience because yeah. if you want to play fun magic, you can play two player magic. That's not competitive, but like four players makes for such an incredible social experience. Like hmm. I really think commander is the best social game, maybe besides D and D um, that I've ever played in that way. Yeah, and that's why agree. I continue to seek it out because it's like every game is so much different. Yep. Uh, it's really based on, you know, whatever people bring to the table that day. And like, it's always, I know for me, I always enjoy getting to play with you and the people on the lexicon and elsewhere. It's just been, it's a great little community of people that have like sort of formed, especially like, I remember, I think it was like winter break or like for what a lot of people was winter break mm. games were firing like so often. And it was great. Like I had some time off work. A lot of people seemed like they had time off work. It was like the holidays. It was like COVID holidays. So like yeah, yeah. everyone was sad and isolated. And Couldn't you're go anywhere. playing a so ton just, of magic. We play so much magic. like, And it's that yep. was what was beautiful about it. And again, it's that thing we, we talk about our kind of social network, really. Like it was a support group that it became like it, it, it in, a, in a 
you know, hard moment, of course, and, and time, it, it made that, you know, super palatable. Like it was just like I was looking forward to jumping online, seeing who was on it every day. And, you know, we kind of forgot about the reality for a, for a few seconds, you know. Yeah. And that's like, that's so great that it's, it's, you know, it's the gathering, I suppose. Yeah. I was, I was saying that earlier, it's, you know, magic, the gathering, you know, ultimately yeah. like I think yeah. Richard Garfield meant like, you're going <laughs> to gather these, these little loot boxes that I'm making for you, but it's like, you know, you're gathering with people and with four people, you know, that's like a friend group. Uh, if you have concurrent pods or you have like, I, I love going to an LGS and playing, you know, commander game and there's like three other commander games going. It's just like, makes me feel good. You know, yeah, there's an energy, so many other you know? people. Yeah, totally. And like, I love that the lexicon can sometimes like help to serve that. Like on Friday nights, I know a lot of times there'll be like 10 people in the voice chat and it's like, yeah, what yeah, are they doing? Like, like what are they just People just watching, hanging out. Yeah. Like it's sweet, you know? And obviously like, <laughs> The games are difficult to play sometimes when there's like so many people talking over each totally. other. But like, <laughs> you know, it kind of comes with the territory, you know? Yeah. It's like, do we take this to a sub room? But yeah, no, totally right. And I, I hadn't really thought about that, but that totally felt like it was such a nice little replacement and it continue, it can continue to be that absolutely that when you're in the LGS and like there's, there's a vibe of multiple games going on, but next thing you know, like the, the game comes down to a penultimate kind of, uh, moment and and command. I love when commander games come down to this and like someone goes into like a counter spell battle or something or you're battling on the stack and then next thing you know there's like a, a little crowd of five or ten around you like about like everyone's kind of tuning into the energy of this game and like the lexicon uh, discord gets that way and other discords do totally but it's like next thing you know we're all like yeah we're in the chat but you notice there's like there's ten people in like a four player game they're all watching what's going on and it's like there's that was such an amazing thing and, and, you know, always needs to be remembered why that's such a, such a fun moment in commander because they're the fun ones. Like, you know, it's fun to lose in that environment. You don't care. Like it's, you know, it, it yeah, it can be heartbreaking at times, but if the drama comes down to something like that and everyone's watching, it's like, hell yeah. Like you're just like, I, I, I'm happy. You know, that was because you, you kind of, you're in that social mix with someone and, and, or a group and, you know, it's, it's a real connection for sure. I love it. Yeah. No, and like good the, the other I'll thing, go I was just going to say, like, you know, even if I go to a game store, I'm not going to be able to play with people in Canada or in Australia or, you know, yes. in, on the East Coast. Like, I would never have met Peter had I never met, started going on Bell Table games, like looking for yeah. Bell Table games. I would have never met you, Joel, Vitz, like any of the like, like, it's crazy how COVID has really brought, like, created new communities or like it, it yeah. forces us to find new ways to like experience communities like and also just like you know enjoy continue to enjoy something that brought us joy outside of it like i think it's so cool that it's it's you know uh obviously a silver lining but like it's a silver lining exactly been able to meet new people during this time yeah breeding breeding new life in a way too because it's like there's 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 elements of magic that would have gone stale without this to to be completely honest like and it, it was if it wasn't for experiencing other people, like uh, such a wider range of like playing around, like with people around the world and then also exposure to the larger community and, and that kind of thing. It's, it's, you know, pretty remarkable that, that the fire is burning stronger than ever um, in a great way Um, because it is like, it's a social connection. Absolutely. It's the people. And it's, it's why I can't, I don't play arena that much. Like it's just like, doesn't, doesn't do the thing, but um, yeah. Like what you said actually 
really well kind of touched on um, like the last point I was going to make before we go to like profile questions to learn about more of the person you are. But um, sure. you usually finish like a kind of the, the main section with, you know, what are your thoughts on the future of how this changes the way you'll play and like generally how, you know, the future of the game a little bit and maybe even like community wise, like uh, do you see, I imagine you see yourself playing, still playing uh, spell table, um, you know, in, in conjunction with in real life play uh, because I feel like it's here to stay, you know, and it's, it's the only way I can play you guys. I can, you know, uh, yeah, Peter, yourself, like lexicon people anyway. So I'll be doing it. Um, you know, I'll enjoy playing in, in person commanded games, that kind of thing. But I think this will be here to stay as well. Yeah. It's, it's fun because I got into playing magic in LA more in early, like late 2019 yeah, I started playing at a, a store near where I was working. So I would after work go over and play Commander and Draft and do pre-release and Sealed and stuff. And it was actually through someone at that store that I was even introduced to Discord as like a platform. Like I had never been on oh, yeah. Discord before that. And like because of that connection, I was able to, you know, launch into this other community. And so it, it's going to be really fun to like, go back to those spaces and you know sort of like i've been playing a lot of spell table with as many people as i can because i've had free time on the weekends and just been able to find time after my work day to play this game that brings me a lot of joy Mm. um so i'm i'm definitely never going to stop playing spell table commander i think i'll be playing it probably for the rest of my life it's just been like <laughs> as much as cool, long as it exists i mean exactly. it's just it's such a cool thing to be able to do like i don't have to drive i can be in my house yeah, i can wear, wear pajama my pajamas pants. Fine, i can wear my pajamas i can wear i can make you coffee like i love lds's yeah. but like i don't love soda and chips like i'm just yeah. not <laughs> and like no one Dude. no one is gonna fucking spill soda and chips on my shit or like no I one is gonna that. like have yeah crummy fingers and like i love snacks i'm very pro snack you mm, know me too but like but don't i'm, I'm pro don't respect touch, for cards too yeah. like like these are <laughs> i have i don't have a ton of expensive cards but like don't touch them with cheeto fingers please like yeah i don't want to see you, you know that. like and i'm not trying to call anyone out like if you no. are guilty of cheeto fingers like go off you know like please enjoy yourself but um just don't touch don't touch my magic card. Yeah. Oh man, and at, at my LGS, like there's usually some souvlakis going on. There's like some, you know, uh sushi bowls and like I mean uh, not sushi mm-hmm. bowls, what at uh, seaweed bowls. Like um yeah. there's 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 all kinds of food and in a way that it's like I think people stop asking the question, Oh, do you mind like it used to be like, Oh, do you mind if I eat right now while we play our draft? And I'm usually like, Oh, it's fine, whatever. Like it's I'm I usually can't handle that well the noise of someone eating like but it's like whatever i'm not i'm not going to tell you not to do it but yeah some commander games get pretty like really messy you want to say like it's just like oh, yeah. and and like the whole you know people will say the etiquette of like picking up someone's card it's one thing just doing it normally and i think we'll have a different like uh you know predisposition to it after you know we're, we've we've kind of passing the year of the germ you know or the you don't actually want to touch anything and 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 kind of like like that's one thing but like when someone's literally just had their hands full of like chips and gravy and they go over to like mm-hmm. mind control your thing you're like whoa whoa, whoa. like mm-hmm. <laughs> that's my uh that's my masterpiece thing you know like yeah I feel yeah like exactly exactly i love it 
Gross. And like, if you're with your friends, it's like maybe a different. Like, if I'm at a friend's house or if I'm like playing with people that I know very well, I like. I was about to make that very, distinction. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have a ton of like inhibitions in the same way, but like if I'm if I'm in the so-called wilds, you know, I've gone to a magic <laughs> desk, <or I've> gone <laughs> the to magical a new nerd store. Wilds. Yeah. yeah, it's just like, and I'm playing a commander deck with three people who I've never met before. I have no. <laughs> You know, and it's like, I, I hope that they all sort of adhere to the same social expectations yeah. that I guess, and that maybe that's like beyond a rule zero talk, but just like, you know, that's, that's what I like about spell table is it allows you to find new people <laughs> in a way that like, doesn't necessarily expose you to like their habits that might be undesirable. And that's not to say that people have undesirable habits. It's just like, you know, I guess I'm trying to say this in as nice a way as I yeah, possibly yeah. can. Which, which you always do so podcast. Yeah, everyone is going to listen to this and be like, wow, Gabe is such a fucking dick. No. Like, he just fucking hates people. No, like, I, I wow. hard agree with you, dude. Like, it's 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 like almost like, I don't know, I can't ever expect anything from anyone, Um, but like little bits of like, like etiquette that as a baseline maybe don't touch like cards with that greasy hands but it's the other one like, oh man, like Australia did a, uh, like one of our TV stations did a, like a survey of like uh like the population stuff like that recently and they did a lot of these like interesting questions and one that like really struck me was like they asked everyone like do you believe you should take your shoes off before like entering someone's house and like 75 percent of people just said no like they said it's Mm -hmm. fine to leave them on i'm like i think that's the most low effort thing you can do to show the tiniest little bit of respect and I usually like, ask or like try and look. Like, is my host in standing in the house wearing shoes? Yeah, totally. No? Yeah. Okay. Like, I'm taking my shoes off. Are they wearing shoes? I'll probably ask then. You know, I don't want to be that person to like chuck dirt all over the carpet. Like, like just, just... I mean, unless I really dislike that person, maybe. You know? <laughs> it's the it's the Dave it's Chappelle like, thing, make... right? Like, yeah, yeah. The, it's the, like I'm gonna Murphy, walk all like... over your shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Big old boots. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Um. But that one's still like I don't know. Maybe it's maybe we're in a uh, a new age of etiquette that I'm kind of a bit behind on. That. Who knows or lack thereof? But you know, whatever. I just sometimes a baseline of respect is is you know I don't want to expect totally. anything, but sometimes that maybe. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, that's a fun one. Gross food, man. Um, well, speaking Gross. of food, that's 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 the Ooh. perfect. Like you've been segueing all around the joint. Good job. Uh, oh, that's that's, nice. a, that's it's almost the like perfect... I have these uh, notes in front of me. Yeah, it's as if you did. Uh, it's the perfect one to dive into. Uh, uh, jump on your little two wheeled segue and just you know zoom off a jump and uh, end up uh, squarely in pizza realm and uh, find out oh, yeah. exactly the kind of person Gabe is. Uh, because we've asked, man, what are we? Episode thirty nine. Most of these have been guest features. Uh, you're treading ground that's been done with with so many uh, my favorite people in Magic already. And, They've already yeah. walked all over the carpets, you know. They've trampled all, all over the carpet, all and over the carpets. They've spilt their pineapple from their pizza all over the carpet too, and it's mushed in there. That's like yeah, along with that spam. But um, yeah, let's let's find out who Gabe is, and uh, no better way to start off with the pizza the pizza question. Um, now I will preface. I kind of know a little bit of your pizza tendencies uh, that the audience may not, but because of, uh, I, I will say, ever, anyone should dig up uh, two weeks ago on MTG, MTG Lexicon Saturday night was uh, oh. the first time they've had a, another guest other than the host in for like over a year and you went in IRL into the studio, which is very exciting. And it's just like, it was one of my favorite like VODs, games, whatever of of the whole channel uh, that I've seen in ages. Like it was just a good vibe, everything. And you guys did uh, touch on some pizza uh, talk because you were, of course, ordering a pizza while you're there. So 
Um, and I've said it before, that's like, there's, there's a few things I want to do in life now. And there's like at the top of them is just like, I'm going to get to, um, the, the Pacific side of the States and I'm going to go hang out with, uh, you know, the, the Lexicon crew and try and tee something up with the, uh, even the greater community, um, over there. But I do understand, you know, not everyone's like right there. If I just go over to the Bay area, like. Peter's still on the other side of the country, like, you know, stuff like that. So like, we'll figure it out one day, but I think a good here. time to come over would be like, I'm sure probably not Vegas, year, right? But I'm sure. Yeah. Next year there'll be magic fest Vegas or like yeah. command fest something. Um, I think yeah, there'll be the target, some commander like, fest that is going to fucking pop off. Like, I feel yeah, like, yeah, it's going to be just a matter like, of time. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think that's one we're looking forward to Australia's at the moment. It's like, you probably can't leave the country for like a year or two. And it's like, ah, whatever. Uh, we'll I mean, get once there. you get your vax, do you know when? True. Are, are you already vaxxed or? Have you uh, already so my wife had her first one last week. Uh, she's slightly immune. Uh, she's in the immuno uh, uh, suppressed category, so she could have hers earlier as the Pfizer one. Mm. And then I think I'll be at, at this stage. I'd I'd wager like a month away, you know, before I can, you know, as they awesome. get the kind of high priority ones. But we'll see. We'll see exactly. Um, you know, it might be sooner rather later, but I, I, I always, always put it, you know, rather than negative spin, but like the longer it is, the more it'll mean, you know, if anything. Right. So, yeah. Um, but at this stage, like it's, you, you, it's an inevitability. Like, it's just like that time we get to go, like, you know, to hang out all in person. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, um, I mean, yeah, we're getting there. Uh, the pizza thing. So as pizza. I said, I know a little bit about, I know what you don't like on pizza and you can probably, probably fill that in. But uh, let's let's just do the first one and uh, take it where it needs to go. Um, but uh, Gabe, pineapple on pizza, what's your stance? Uh, I'm going to say yes, but. Hell yeah. So like, yes, but no ham. I'm not a big uh, uh, ham on pizza guy. Like I, so you, I love pepperoni, mm, like spicy ham, yep. you know, spicy cured ham. Nice. Regular ham, like Canadian bacon pass you know like <laughs> gotta have a little bit of a bite to it like a little juice you know yeah 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 pineapple on pizza yes ham on pizza no like i know the traditional ham and pineapple hawaiian pizza is really popular and i love i love pineapple but i don't i don't love ha- i love ham but not on pizza so like i yeah. can, can separate those two things yeah. well, well that's like a, the hawaiian one's kind of a spam anyway isn't it like it's a super processed like you know I think in the States, it's usually Canadian bacon and pineapple. Okay, it's the, like, okay. Hawaiian pizza. Uh, I'm not sure what it is. Like, I'm sure Spam would be pretty good on pizza. I'm a, I'm from Minnesota, so we there's, like, literally a Spam museum. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, like, run us through also uh, why you're at it, some, some Minnesota in the cuisine. Like, because, I, I mean, my only point of reference is that moment on, uh, what's the show, How I Met Your Mother, where Marshall oh, sure. uh, jokes about he's, like, uh, like his family, like all the, all the dudes are like six foot eight and like, <laughs> it's just like, and they're like the family salad and it's just like, um, oh God, what was it? Like gummy bears and mayonnaise and like all this like stuff in this just massive vat. And, um, or Lily's just like, Nope, what the hell? Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's so, not Minnesotan from, cruising. I mean, it's, it's funny you, you, we say this because my family in Minnesota is mainly Mexican American. Okay. So I grew up eating a lot of non-Minnesotan foods in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, but like classic Minnesota foods are just meat. People love meat. There's a lot of yeah. meat. Uh, it's kind of like the, the UK where there's just a lot of meat. Um, cow, pork, you know, I, I don't eat nearly as much meat now because it's like I'm trying to be environmentally friendly. Um, yeah. And also like it's 
probably healthier to not have red meat multiple times a week. Um, I, I think it's just not sustainable. To I mean, that's my my belief. But it's yeah, I think that's that's a rather than being like full on meat and then full on vegetarian. I think I'd, I'd like to see more people. You know, again, my belief. Uh, kind of like look in the middle a little bit. You don't have to be so absolute, but someone once put yeah. it towards me like, I don't think the pressure on that much like, you know, commercial agriculture or whatever is sustainable if everyone eats meat every single meal every day. Like that's the mm-hmm. kind of point we're living in. Yeah, you can eat it, but it's like, I think it's more sustainable if you think about it as a partial thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other Minnesotan foods, I guess, uh, is like a, pasty which is kind of like a uh like a farmer or shepherd's pie or something it's like oh, yeah, you know, yep. fits in your pocket uh, it's kind of like a pot pot pie but it's like a you can hold it kind of like a calzone but a pot pie inside it's pretty good uh nice poutine which is also canadian oh um, interesting fries we- and gravy or yeah. cheese curds and gravy. I was going to say you uh, got to have the cheese curd for the legit. That's what uh, I know some um, some Torontoans uh, like tell me. <laughs> They're like, no, it's not legit unless you have cheese curd. Yeah. Uh, then, like the Midwest, I guess more generally is like hamburgers. People love yep. hamburgers. I mean, Americans love hamburgers. Who doesn't? But right? like, yeah. especially in the Midwest, there's like uh, there's a fast food chain called Culver's, which has frozen custard and butter burgers, which are mm. basically like smash burgers, but so good. Um, and then I grew up eating, there's this regional burger called the Juicy Lucy, which <laughs> that sounds like I shouldn't be able to say that aloud. Like that should, it sounds bad, um, oh, yeah. but it's two burger patties smushed together and inside is cheese. So when you oh, bite wow. into it, the cheese explodes out and gives you a third degree burn inside. Yeah. Um, oh man. It's delicious. Yeah. So good. It's like the pleasure and pain there too. I like we we um we used to get when we were surfing growing up and stuff. We'd go to the fish and chip shop and get uh you 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 give them a chocolate bar like a Mars bar or something, and you go, can you deep fry this? And it was it was mm-hmm. that kind of thing. It was like it was just absurd, like the cholesterol and all that crap in there, but delicious. You're a kid, you can eat anything. Uh, but the oh, whole yeah, exactly. the experience being like it's molten in your mouth and like you eat that too quickly and like you're not tasting anything for the rest of the week. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. It's definitely great. still have like taste buds that are recovering from <laughs> yes, stuff like that, that earlier in my life. Yeah, I love it. Oh, that's mad. Also, isn't um so Minnesota has a massive like Scandinavian culture too, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of uh, a lot of people from the Nordic countries, I guess. Uh, yeah. Like my grandfather's family is from Sweden, and my oh, cool. grandmother's family is from Mexico. So it's a uh, sort of got the best of both worlds. Totally, in a lot of ways. Yeah, super cool gene pool, dude. I love it. Um, yeah, so uh, that, that's good food chat. Good food chat. Uh, next one was on the uh, well, back to a little bit of the magic quota. I think we've done a lot of magic today, which has been good, but um, we'll keep going. Um, I'm interested for this one. I think I know the answer, but I'm interested because they usually delight me. But pet card you love in magic may not be the best. I mean, it's naturally a pet card, but it can be the best. It doesn't matter. So I, I think this is the best card in Commander. This is, mm. this is my. This is my hot take. This is my like pepperoni and pineapple, <laughs> banana pepper hot take. I guess it's kind of medium. It's not very spicy. I think Teamer Battle Rage is the best card in Commander. Oh yeah, I I think uh, like surprise surprise double strike is one of my absolute favorite things. And it's I maybe I use Boros Charm for it sometimes, but it's the trample on T uh, TBR. Is that what people call it? TBR? What the cool kids say? 
I, uh, I just call it Gamer Battle Rage. I, I, I don't know. I've, I've never heard it called TBR, but hey, maybe I'll start calling it TBR now. TBR. Yeah, it saves time. Exactly. It's just, it just feels good. You're just like, no, yeah. that's, they're like, someone's like, ah, uh, I can financially survive from this. Like, you know, like, ah, oh, I've got 10 life after and that. And it's, it's like, no, you will never recover from this. No. Or you'll recover <laughs> next game. I, didn't, I didn't mean to make a uh, uh, an exotic, uh, Joe exotic joke, but uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and will. the other thing is, it's target creature. It's yeah. not target creature you control, Important. which is, I think, just my favorite thing in Commander is giving someone else's commander lethal commander damage on some me too and surprising like, that way too and affecting the outcome of something you weren't directly involved in yeah and it's like you know you can use um berserk in a very similar way berserk yeah, doubles the power actually, yeah. and then and then gives it trample this is like a red berserk but it's also not you know like 30 dollars or something yeah um and they they printed a sweet old border version of it which of course i had to buy a couple copies of Oh yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, Teamer Battle Rage is definitely my like big pet card. One of my favorite decks is to play uh, is my Jessica and Crom, uh, Voltron, oh, yeah. whatever deck. Um, and that deck is all about just one shotting someone. It does the last so ten Jessica, damage for you. <laughs> Easy. Yeah, Jessica. You know, Jessica triples damage of the creature that she targets. Uh, it's a Planeswalker that can be your commander. Um, it's a very sweet card it's a you know jessica is a character from the i think the odyssey block hmm. when they're going for the mirari and uh sisters with sister of uh kamal who's another famous uh magic character he, he's a um, gigantic ass through that whole story isn't he he is he's he's really just a barbarian i mean they're both barbarians <laughs> it's like, I guess the, uh, the barbarian yeah yeah um and like you know it's just like uh being able to triple damage and then double it again is pretty fun um yeah. definitely something i'm i'm into uh, i i kind of wish that they had gotten rk post to do new jessica art because the jessica art of jessica warrior adept is some of my favorite yeah. uh most like sentimental magic card art i remember when i was very young walking into a game store and like wanting to buy a uh, silver seraph which is a card from judgment block for mm. a you know tabletop deck that i was building or a kitchen table deck i was building and the the game store owner just giving me a copy of jessica warrior adept and i was like well this is the best card it has haste oh, yeah. oh my kills one damage to oh my you know it's just so like good. it's such a good card you know I, I still think it's a great card it, it has been so overshadowed by so many more insane cards mm. Um, but I, I feel like you'd make a really nice mono red deck of this too, almost as like a passion project, like, you know, to respect. And I, I love that now. I'm kind of like looking back at certain cards that are like, oh, these were fundamental, like always had a real soft spot for them. They had a story behind them. And is there a way to make a commander deck out of that? But like, I think that'd be a cool one. I was thinking about um, using Kedis and Jessica and then just oh, yeah. trying to one shot everyone um, yeah. because Kedis... Uh, even if it deals damage, like the you lizard. just have to deal forty damage basically with one attack. <laughs> you know, exactly. and it's like, how do you get to forty? Um, you know, that's a great question. <laughs> As many ways, yeah, yeah, many ways. But it's you know, it's a good question to have. Um, yeah, yeah. I I don't know. Like mono red is such a such an interesting thing. Uh, there's so many like sort of like pseudo storm decks that exist now. Um, or there's like so many, uh, maybe I should say there's so many like mono red staples that exist that like, mm. I feel like the deck sort of builds itself a lot of times, like the Bergy decks or. Yeah, the, I was just thinking that. 
um they have the eternal decks or you know whatever there's there's not a ton of like i haven't seen at least a ton of like innovation i i really like the new uh captain ripley vance i think she's a really sweet red commander that's not not as like storm heavy you you kind of have to have Mm -hmm. these like little little storms every turn for her to do anything which i think is really sweet um but yeah i mean you know mono red is one of my favorite colors in magic as i'm sure most most players (laughs) when they start out they like love red cards and you know I've, i've never really stopped loving red cards especially in commander you can the, the the color of lightning bolt, Kamer battle rage, yokel hops, and mana barbs is just like <laughs> yeah, yeah respect it. That's that's, ex- that's exactly <laughs> yeah, that's exactly where you want to be in most games. Is, you know, yokel hops yeah, and yeah. lightning bolt. I, I I also understand why you cheered so hard and like you just like exclaimed the hardest when I um uh, I was using one of my favorite searing rays. Like searing rays is a freaking house of a card. <laughs> like, oh yeah, they love some receiving rays. That, yeah, that. and I, I remember one of my first experiences playing with you, Sam, or it was a very long time ago. We were playing in a game. I think it was, I don't remember who else was playing in it, but I remember I I killed you with Price of Progress, and it was like yeah. exactly, oh, yeah. Ex- yeah. exactly lethal Price yeah. of Progress. And <laughs> that like, was a Joel, I remember, yeah. I think. Yeah, it's yeah. like that. cards like that are just like two mana to deal, you know, 16 damage oh yeah to like one player is like sign me up you know like i'm yeah. I'm here for that price of progress is one of my favorite all-time cards it's it's excellent and like i think you played richard kane ferguson art as well so it's like even more style points and it's it's just oh, yeah. the absolute best but yeah, yeah like, R- and let alone RKF copy it i've i've kind of you know i love to do that when you can too like you, you copy that once or twice and that's that's taken out of table sometimes like it's wild oh yeah i mean that's the that's the fun thing about spell copying deck and and deck and cards like that and especially it's like they they have so much reach you know you yeah. can just deal so much damage in a commander game now like there's that new card crackle with power that deals yeah like, yeah i chucked it, that in obosh and i haven't got to play it yet but yeah that one like ooh, the possibility of it every time i read it, it i swear the numbers change it's like <laughs> I, I have I, it's like okay it deals like three times x damage and it's like no it does like five times x damage or three yeah like, there's so it, many it x's deals, and five and the, yeah it deals so much damage it's insane i and i love that they're just like oh we should print just uh, you have a lot of mana but like not infinite mana here you go you know yeah like, i love that there are cards like that now because you know anyone can get infinite mana cast mana geyser then reiterate it like a, th- a trillion times yeah yeah cast, exactly. like you know fireball or something but like i love the like big but not infinite yeah uh, like non-deterministic combo decks that exist and it's just like well here's a here's a pile of cards that i can then deal like 10 quadrillion damage with like i i love that yeah because that's what i was looking at too it's just like even putting a like a sensible amount of mana in this card it goes in obosh obosh will double it if you if you cast it for the right cost. So I think you're at, is it, you've got to do it for one I'm gonna or three. I'm going to pull this card up now. So I one or three or five. Like I know what I'm so talking about. You've got to do it in odd numbers. And it's a weird one. Like you say, I couldn't, I couldn't recite it off the top of my head. I had to look it up, of course. But it's, I just know there's lots of X's. There's lots of times fives. Probably dirt cheap at the moment, being just coming out of Strixhaven as like a, a mythic that I don't know how many people want it, but if you want it, you want it. Um, but yeah, like X, 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 red, red, <laughs> what a matter of yeah, sorcery, ins- crack, 
Yeah, insane. Crackle with power deals five times X damage to each of up to X targets. So you go, the way I was looking at it, I, I'd probably start at three, to be honest with Obosh. You go three, 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 so that's nine, 10, 11. So that's doing mm-hmm. five times three, so 15 to three yep. targets. So with Obosh, that's 30 to three targets. Um, and that's a sensible version of it. So once you get to, yeah. I don't know, that's one's not as interesting. That's 30 damage to three targets. Like, oh, that's what fun the ass. Like, fuck? Yeah, or like, <laughs> do, do you should really want to go to town? And like, go, do you have 17 mana? And we go, yeah. We'll, and it's like we'll not do, unrealistic. We'll do twenty five, like without Obosh, twenty five to five, or like fifty to five. Like that's mm. <laughs> now we're talking. So yeah, it says that on the box. You're crackling with power. Like it's it's exactly that kind of feeling. Top down design, right? Oh yeah, that's mad. Oh yeah. Oh, thanks for reminding me because I forgot I put that card in. I'm just looking forward to playing it now. I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm excited to getting absolutely microwaved with it someday. <laughs> yeah, I'm that's exactly the, like the happen. sensation. <laughs> Budding, <laughs> it's yeah. like, exactly. Your uh, your your hot pocket is ready. <laughs> yeah, you are the hot pocket. <laughs> exactly. The the friends we made along the way were the were, were the hot pockets. So, um, <laughs> man, respect. I love it. Uh, yeah, no, Tifa Battle Rage, awesome, nice. I, uh, I I love that as a pet card, and I tend to um, favor these cards a lot when it comes to building decks. Now I'll be like, ah, oh, Wanderer's Twig was Davies, or like you know, uh, what was what was Peter's Dawn Charm? No doubt, yeah, <laughs> loves his Dawn Charm, Dawn <laughs> stuff Charm. like that. Very I'm good like, against a team or Battle Rage. To, yeah, oh, totally, just, totally. Yeah, super good against that. <laughs> Your card is invalid. Exactly. It was funny that. earlier today. I was playing a game with Peter and. Uh, I was playing my Dacon Blackblade. Like, how big can I make Dacon? I love that and deck, yeah. He was like 20, he had like a casual 24, 21. And I was just, I one shot one player, uh, Zynum, <laughs> and then I was like, I untapped, and I was like, okay, next player that's most likely to survive uh, a one shot from Dacon is Peter. And I went to combat, and I was like, okay, Peter, where's the Dawn Charm? And he was like, here's the Dawn Charm. And I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> had it the like, whole time you've always got a dawn charm up your sleeve like there's just always yeah. one there exactly yeah and the new one the new one now is the ink shield yeah like the, the yeah. new super he's playing Orzov, right is that the Orzov that, one yeah it is yeah that is the Orzov one and that card is like you really have to play if you're playing against an Orzov deck you really have to watch and you're playing yeah. a stupid voltron strategy like i tend to do you really got to watch out for that because it's really hard to come back from you know, X two one flyers yeah. where X it's is a- twenty one. Like forty two two or forty one forty two power in flying is really uh really hard to come back from usually. Yeah, and it's just such a like and the fact that it, it doesn't it's not counting creatures, it's counting power is like kind of absurd. It's like in I I saw it as like the creme de la creme of, of fogs. Like it is it's it's better than spider spawning in a way. Like it's it's so oh, nuts. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a good card. I love that. I I, I don't play. I hardly have any Orzov decks. Yeah, um, and yeah. the decks that I do, I don't have any Fogs because I'm uh, I, I I meet my fate in combat one way or another. You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so be it. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Nice. All right. Uh, next one was uh, who would you most like to have dinner or a drink with, dead or alive, real or fictional? Oof, a good question. Uh, I saw this one on the list, and I was like, mm, "I gotta think about this." I'll find an answer <laughs> That's to it. Line, and, right? uh, yeah. Um. Uh, I think I'd really like to have drinks with John uh, John Lennon. I think that would oh, yeah. be a pretty interesting uh, 
interesting conversation. I probably wouldn't be able to add much to it, but uh, he's been like a musical. Him, I think him or George Harrison are definitely two of my top yeah, picks. Yeah. Um, they're just like such iconic musicians and were able to do so much with so little. Um, yeah. Like the, obviously the Beatles had a lot of resources, um, but like their, their songs are very simple. And I, I would just like to pick their brains about that a little bit because I think there's something really profound in the simplicity of their music. And like, I know that's, some people don't like the Beatles for that. And hey, you know, you don't have to like the Beatles, you know, no, no worries. Um, but it, I think it would definitely be my top picks are the uh, the dead Beatles. Yeah, I, I think also like for anyone that ha- may have that opinion, it's like just just go down each each uh, pathway and avenue of each of their individual albums and, and see what they were thinking at like, you know, certain points. Like All Things Must Pass is a one of those like Desert Island albums for me. Like it's so, so bloody important from George. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, totally right. And that, that's often like that, that creativity thing too, like in blocks and that kind of thing. You're just like, wow, like overcomplication can be a thing too. The, you're overbaking things. And it's like, how, how did you make something profound? And, you know, how did someone like that just, just, you know, let go and, and, you know, create something that they just truly believed in without, you know, worrying what people thought about it kind of thing too. But, um, yeah, yeah. there's a reason they're legendary. Absolutely. I think another one, uh, I'm, I'm picking three because I'm cheating. Um, I Go think nuts. my last one would probably be like Miles Davis. Oh, I like that. Um, uh, you know, or uh, yeah, I, there's so many prolific artists that I would love to talk to, like so many influential artists that I'm thinking that like I'm not thinking of that I would like to talk to. Um, it's hard to pick just one, I think. This is a very difficult question for me. And I'm, my yeah, brain is sure. not focused enough to be able to just be like, <laughs> that's the one. You know. Yeah, I don't worry either. But um, yeah, no, I dig it a lot. Um, yeah, so I'd be very interested to see uh, or to hear what we talk about. Two questions away. Uh, yeah, easy. Next. Um, the next one though is going to be a fun one because I know you've got a couple of answers here too. Uh, but what's your video game hall of fame? Ooh, very good question. Um, I think my favorite video game uh is probably Age of Empires or Age of Empires or Age of Mythology. Oh, um, damn. Age of Empires three, and then first age of mythology are very formative games for me oh yeah um i also played a lot of star wars i think it's rogue squadron was the nintendo 64 game yep that was that was the one with squadron. the v-wing it had a v-wing in it i think it was like yeah, the only place that had much, a v-wing it had pretty much every cool starship in any Star Wars canon. I remember it had um, the Naboo Starfighter before Phantom Menace came out, which was wild. Like, I think, oh. I remember as a Star Wars kid, I'm like, but how? How did they get in the game before the freaking movie came I don't out? know if I ever unlocked the, the Naboo Starfighter. In it was either an play. achievement or a cheat code. I can't remember, but it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, it was so I remember strange. having, yeah, I remember having the PS2 game where the, like, on the box art was the Naboo Starfighter. Yeah. Um, that was pretty sweet, but uh yeah that that game i played a lot of me too Um, and then yeah age of mythology was just i love that game it's so much fun yeah um age of empires 4 is it 4 is coming out later this year i believe now which would be interesting boy yeah i mean i haven't played a i haven't played a real-time strategy game in a long time but uh definitely something to, to try and get up into again the fun part was and it's it's interesting i i imagine um uh you probably took them, uh, I don't know how seriously, but um, it was me growing, uh, growing up playing Age of Empires is very casual, whatever. You're just like kid playing demo disc, like, oh, yeah, cool, I made this thing. It took me an hour and, you know, you make a wonder. 
and you're just like chipping away like your worries aren't too huge or anything like that and then when was it a few years back a friend of mine uh, uh and i at work were like oh should play some age of empires 2 that'd be awesome we'll try and land it up and we figured out how to do it on Mac and it was hilarious. And he started watching videos and it's just like, oh, like uh, that's what you're doing. There's like, it's the one, it's one of the one communities where there's just like an objectively best person as far as like skill and, you know, reputation in Age of Empires 2. And I can't remember the name of this creator or whatever, like, but often does streams where it's like one against three, you know, it's just mm. stupid. It's like, it's, it's, it's the one in like the matrix basically like this guy's yeah. neo <laughs> but i feel the same way watching like korean star starcraft pros oh yeah like, totally. just starcraft pros in general not even necessarily the south korean one but just, they're fighting like, with one hand pros. they're just like whatever yeah <laughs> it's like they could beat me blind literally blindfolded like literally yeah. blindfolded you know so so seeing that side of things uh before we played our land and we got like really into it had pizzas one night after work and everything and um but like getting into those rhythms of like oh shit it's like oh no it's it's castle castle rush by five minutes man like you know all bust and like realizing that the game i thought it was as a kid was like totally when you play it like with any ounce of like competitiveness is such a stressful experience <laughs> like it's just like you can't waste minutes oh like not even minutes you can't waste seconds like you got to be yeah. hocking the crap out of it you're going to be efficient and it's like wow and i think i haven't watched much starcraft but i understand that's like a bit of the allure uh, the allure of that as well like and how tight that gameplay can be it's yeah. it's uh yeah super nuts but uh yeah as as what was jeff was talking about a game last night um oh frozen something Anyway, it was like an RTS, but it was like a bit like quite brutal. And he said they'd um they'd kickstarted it or like backed it from the the start. And they said uh, one of those things where it's like the game is kind of interesting with a learning curve where they just like throw you in the deep end, and if you don't manage your first five minutes well, like you're kind of like still patching up the issues that you're kind of built yourself in to be behind for the rest of the game kind of thing. And I was like, yeah, that reminds me of like when you start to take Age of Empires a bit more seriously, it's like far out <laughs> the stress, man. Yeah, it is pretty stressful when uh, you get it to the higher echelons of play. I, I just like to, you know, have have little guys farming and have little guys yeah. building houses. Like I, I like the sort of like micromanaging elements of it. And I'm I'm not very good at any of those games, but it's just like, it was like, oh, here's multitasking. Like here's a good yeah, way to yeah. multitasking as a kid. And like, think about problem solving in a way that's not just like, okay, I've, have a sword and I'm going to go run over and hit the guy with the sword and dodge his <laughs> attacks. It's like, I have to think about all these other things that are happening at the same time as this, you know, as the guy with the sword is fighting, it's like, what, what else is happening? Like what, yeah. what about his kids, you know, or what about his wife or their, his husband or, you know, whatever, you know, it's like having to think about all those things. And it, it, yeah. it it's really cool. Those games, they, they give you a lot to think about. Uh, and, uh, it's rhythms too and like you can even say it's uh you know you're learning about history as a kid too i always uh use that in defensive um uh kind of video games as like you know what are you doing playing video games it's like look they're educational <laughs> that's great mm-hmm. but yeah uh, no, i know i get that too and it's like it's rhythms it's like uh i want to say sometimes it's busy work but it's like for you know you're doing things as well which can feel uh, quite productive in a great way and i i find you know games are horses for courses and I, they all do different things i find but like some of those games are always important to have in the quiver and uh, the ones i'd suggest have you played any paradox ones so like crusader kings 2 and stellaris i think is the other one i think of i have not played any of those um check them out if you got like very obtuse up front like there's a lot to do a lot of menu surfing a lot of mm. like things that not 
the most explicitly like explained, but goddamn, do they have an allure and also just like that sensation of just doing things. Um, same with I find lately, and the one that's really helped when I need to zone out a little bit because it's it's not that stressful. Um, is city skylines like that was mm. that blew me away how much fun that was and like I was not didn't think I'd like really enjoy a, a, a world of traffic management and like resource management but like that feels it because it's like like design as well you're designing a city and it's like that feels super super nice because it's like I realized I was playing Age of Empires that way I think which is like designing mm-hmm. medieval cities <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's fun it's fun to like have that experience of like planning. I, I love the like planning games or the like yeah whatever the civilization building games that aren't civilization style where it's like turn based. It's like happening. It's sort of like roller coaster tycoon kind of exactly, thing. Exactly, exactly. Um uh Planet Coaster I saw just came out for PS4, I've got to play that as well. Apparently that's mm-hmm. like just the great like modern day version of that game for sure. Um no, next one was here was uh recommend us an album. All right, so I'm going to give you two. I was going to say, I'm going to recommend everyone listens to yours first, but uh, yeah. I'm okay, well, thank you very much. Go for it. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> my new single, uh, Tide Over, on uh, Spotify. That's right. Uh, Apple Music, anything. Uh, it's featuring Lady Midnight, a great vocalist in Minneapolis. Um, she may be based in Minneapolis, but she's a worldwide talent. Um, and it was great to work with her. Um and I co-produced it with uh, Laserbeak, who's a person I've been working with for a very long time. Nice. Um, and it's just, it's great. I love the track. It came together really cool. Um, but two recommendations of music that I didn't make. Um, mm-hmm. Number one is Arthur Verkai, self-titled. Oh my God, really? That album changed my life. That album like is incredible. Yeah. I know exactly the album. Yeah, man. Like With the pink, the pink uh, lettering on it and everything. Yeah, the self-titled yeah. one. It's like from the '76. It has, yeah, it's just bangers, bangers all the way through. Basically. Incredible album. Yeah, um, and my second recommendation is "It Is What It Is" by Thundercat, which I've listened to more this year than any other album. Really? It's, it's sort of it came out in like March of 2020, so it has kind of been my like quarantine anthems. Uh, yeah. But that album is just so good. It is so good. Like yeah. Thundercat is really just on. An, we are we are blessed to live in a world where Thundercat is making music. Is all I have to I say agree. about Thundercat. Um, yeah. Quick. Uh, I got a quick Thundercat story. I um. So I haven't I haven't seen any live music for some time. Naturally, of course. Uh, but it's usually something I love to kind of pepper throughout my uh, schedule every you know few weeks, months, whatever uh, in the normal mm-hmm. times. But. One of the ones that always sticks out to me was seeing um, a couple of years back now, but Kamasi Washington uh, in Melbourne. Mm. And that was like fucking cosmic. <laughs> it was everything about that gig was blew my mind. And like, I was lapping up everything I could afterwards. I was like, uh, I needed to look up Jonathan Pinson. I think he's the mm. drummer. I think he is. He's got, I'm like waiting for him to release some more music, but that is incredible. Brandon Coleman, I think, is the keyboard player. I got his LP as soon as like that came out. I was like, he's mad as well. Uh, Kamasi, of course, like my wife's a saxophone player. She just loves anything. She's like, I think this is like the best like, player I've ever seen. Um, yeah, he's like, what he... maybe the best saxophone player ever or like certainly oh, the best yeah. living saxophone player. He's like the saxophone messiah, like, and and yes. what it does, like, just tickles your brain, like, um, you know, no coincidence. They're part of, are they part of Brain Feeder? Is that the thing? 
I think it's uh, like associated with. I don't. I don't think yeah, he's signed yeah. to Brain. No, you're right. He's, I think he's definitely definitely released music with appears on. But I I always love Brain Feeder as like uh kind of it says it on the box. You know, like it's also mm-hmm. I think Brain Feeder have something to do with hiatus coyote. I'm thinking I'm thinking Wondercore Island or something. Anyway, different little like music scenes and and everything. But like all the type of thing you grab one and you go down the rabbit hole and you connect artists and like oh this is the best. But what was really cool in that one? So halfway through that gig. Thundercat just like walks out <laughs> and sure. it's like that was never on the bill or anything like that he was just there for um one of the big music festivals uh I think it was Meredith or something um which is one of the ones we have in in regional Victoria here uh, near Melbourne and it was like I was like we didn't expect this amazing he's wearing like an Overwatch hoodie and like a Mario hat I'm like you man <laughs> like the coolest cat like the actual coolest cat and and it oh, was yeah. just like yeah that just escalated that that gig up to the one of the greatest things I've ever seen yeah, yeah, oh, I, love, man. I love Thundercat so much. Hopefully, someday after COVID, I'll be able to see him live. And uh, I've never been able to catch a catch a show of his, so hopefully, uh, the stars aligned. Yeah, exactly. I I just think it's some of the most creative music getting made at the moment too. Like it's just like it's infectious. You just like yeah, all right. There's there's new sounds like coming at you all the time for sure. But um, oh yeah, I haven't I haven't really listened much of that um uh that album yet. So very keen to. Oh, it is so good, Sam. You're gonna love it. It is like, it's just so good. I, I, I. It's just brought me so much joy this year. There's a little B feature, like Lil B. Like I don't know if you're familiar with Lil B. Uh, oh, but uh, yeah. very, uh, very cult classic rapper. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice, nice. And that's. I think that's. Like, we're in a. I think we're in a good. Uh, like. I don't know if it's right now this era, maybe it's been going on longer, but like a lot of albums these days I love where like each track is just like, you know, you've got someone new collaborating, that kind of thing. I always look at that like Catronata album as like, well, mm. holy crap, they got everyone. Um, yeah, literally everyone is on the, the <laughs> Yeah, album. it's a bad like, Literally it's... every single important music person. Yeah, it feels like a compilation album and that was the studio album. Like I love that to bits and that's like we're in a, an age of collaboration in a great way kind of thing too. And um mm. And it's what uh, I had, I have to say it like that's what your uh, what your albums have felt like too like it's um yeah Nightstone is the one I recommend to people for sure and that oh, one brought me a ton of joy like um yeah oh man for sure um all right favorite magic art all right this is yeah, an easy sorry. one nice. well, I've had a lot of hard questions this, this yeah. time but this is an easy one uh, this is the Rebecca Gay Dark Ritual art. Best, I, best I've said I've this before. I, I feel like I see new dark ritual art every day. Like I, I, I can't even remember all of them. Is it the one with the eye? I'm looking it up now. It is the one with the big eye. Yeah. Yeah. It's like three wizards holding hands, and there's a big eye. Like uh, I yep. love Rebecca Gay's art so much. Um, Me too. But this one in particular is just like, I feel like magic has this tendency to be this like sort of hard, masculine, you know, sort of like mm. Western. And I love her art because it's just so antithetical to like the norm that magic sort of tries to portray itself. Like even the fucking Modern Horizons two box with like big deck, big scary deck on. Like these are like yeah. you know, it's, it's she her vision of this world is like much softer and with these like yeah. beautiful colors and shapes and textures. And I just it's such a nice departure. And it also yeah. just like I love the composition of this piece so much. Like. I, I just love it. Like it's amazing. 
Yeah, it, it, it's like I know there's only three people, but it's almost like what it feels like to be in a commander game. Like it's just like yeah, it's like they're <laughs> them watching you storm off. You know, it's like you cast ad nauseum, and these three people just have to hold hands and uh, you know exactly. hope you don't know, just end the world. <laughs> You're the eye. Yeah, I see it now. I see it. Yeah, no, spot on. It's like a softer approach as well. It's like it's it's ethereal and and not necessarily like um, the He Man, um, you know, or just the most like graphic crazy thing you can think of for sure yeah yeah it, it's super beautiful too and i think also the fact that like a lot of i always i'm interested by color tones and stuff like that um uh in correlation to the the card and like the, what the effect is and that kind of thing too uh and it's it's certainly like there's some dark stuff happening there but like i think with modern art direction what would happen is a lot more shadow and everything like that there's something really nice and rough uh, contrasting the fact that like vivid blues and purples appear on a black frame for dark ritual. And it like, it absolutely like kind of expresses the possibility of what happens with a dark ritual too. And it's kind of like the bitter blossom art, which she's also done. Yeah. Um, of just like, I love her vision of like that, like what you're saying of like the blues and the purples, like it just, mm-hmm. it's so beautiful. I love that, like that sort of palette that she can create. And I like, I literally could have picked any Rebecca Gay art here and yeah. just been like, that one is my favorite, but I, I just like the Dark Ritual personally. A fade reminds Commander Isha just because it's one of my commanders, but like, Ooh, it's just, it's just a bird person. <laughs> yeah, bird person, yep. <laughs> it's just a bird person. Like, there's heaps more beautiful things, but it's just funny. It's just like, hey, bird person. And like, like beautiful deer in the background, like, and, and birds. Other Like, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, the other birds are just like, the fuck? Where's, where's, where's that bird wearing clothes? <laughs> like, where's that bird got arms? <laughs> because that is I, bird person. Exactly. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then uh, I know that, yeah, there's, you could you could go down the list of uh, of, of various uh, bird and beautiful Re- Rebecca Gay uh, arts, of course. It's, uh, oh, yeah. I love it. I was going to say, too, you know, the um, there's always that, that thing. It's like, what's the sixth color in magic? You know, that kind of thing. And, like, there's often like, oh, it could be purple. It's funny, I always see purple as black anyway. Like, it's like those kind of things inherently just feel usually like purple depicted in, in tones in, in card art is usually something I uh, kind of just merge back to black anyway. Um, and that's like a great example. Mm-hmm. I think nice. the six color could be uh, five colors, like the the five color chromatic. Oh, nice. Uh, like a wild uh, hybrid thing. Yeah, like some sort of crazy effect. Like, because I know that yeah. there's a you know like these insane five color commanders i would like to see the idea of chromatic like as being paid for by all five or maybe even Ooh, by all that's six a cool one. colorless as like the seventh color potentially and um, how that looks as a symbol i think just, i guess it would just be brown because all the colors <laughs> together are just like brown With, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. interesting but it, it could also be sort of like a iridescent or something like instead of colorless like colorful maybe yeah oh, that's yeah. a free one wizards colorful you know yeah. colorful mana there you go it's full good of color abs- good abstract concepts for sure yeah. um yeah. you skip it's, rebecca it's, day to do all the art you know just easy yeah easy money. it's funny i um I, we actually I, I'm, I'm 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 catching up on all these like movies i probably should have watched forever ago and it's like um last night we watched uh the what is it the spider-man one um into the spider-verse Oh, and that movie's so great. Oh man, that slaps. And it's like the, the with the the Spider-Man noir where he gets the Rubik's cube and he's like, I'm taking this back. And it's like it's like if you lived in a black and white world and you see it, you saw a Rubik's cube and it's like well, like that's that's kind of that feeling what chromatic would be like. Oh yeah. It's wild. I love it. Um 
Well, moving on anyway. Uh, speaking of movies, good segue myself. Uh, recommend uh, a movie. Uh, my favorite movie that I think everyone should watch at least once a year is Ocean's 12. Oh, nice. I like Ocean's 13 a lot too because of Al Pacino, but uh, yep. Ocean's 12 I think is my favorite My favorite movie. It's got everything you could ever want. It's got Europe. It's got yep. Bernie Mac. Uh, yep. It's got uh, French people. Uh, <laughs> Beautiful. It's got Catherine Zeta-Jones. I mean, literally, what what more could you want? I guess Kate Winslet <laughs> could be in it, and that would be the only way they could maybe physically improve it in any way. Maybe um, Jeff Goldblum, but that's another thing. That's something. Uh, I, I, I think Jeff Goldblum is great in what he's in. He doesn't need to be in more. Than he that's does. actually that's like the, Kate, that's Kate the Winslet. I feel like Kate Winslet could be in anything. She is yes, literally yeah. like I'm watching. We just started watching um, the Mayor of Easttown. She is. Yep. I swear to God, she's the greatest actress I've ever seen in my entire life. I watched Ammonite the her and Saoirse Ronan are like moody on a beach that's a very mm-hmm. you know brash oversimplification of it but like she could do anything she's the yeah. literally the greatest actress I've ever seen in anything it's unbelievable I but love it. Ocean's I... 12 Ocean's 12 is definitely oh, my, my recommendation definitely want to watch that this week then absolutely no uh, Kate Winslet's amazing and um yeah the mayor of East Town's been on the list for a little bit too um, I'm, I'm glad you can say uh something that took me a while to say Saoirse Ronan that's that's a it's always a uh, fantastic name, but I, I couldn't say it properly for the longest time. Well, I guess yeah. you really say it more like Sersha. 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 Um, I think I said Swarzy or something like it at the mm. start, but um, I'm I'm uh, she's Irish. Yeah, she's Irish, right? I think she's Irish. Yeah, or yeah, Scottish or Irish American. One of yeah, the two. Like, yeah. Definitely one of the two. Scottish or she, Irish. She rocks like one of my favorite um, modern actresses for sure. Mm. Um, very keen. Oh, dude quite a few great uh you know subtle uh recommendations there too so i have a few to uh to unpack i've seen oceans 12 it's been a little bit of a while like i think it's it's i'm in the mood this week to uh we're kind of been back on a bit of a uh a tear for like just watching bulk movies during the week and like mm. um i was talking to brandon about it like because we we get together on the lexicon stream and we talk about movies and usually non-magic stuff each week and uh, we kind of got into this little pattern of like giving a, a you know someone picks a movie and we will almost book club it or whatever don't go too deep mm. just a fun thing to do and it kind of it reminded me to get back into a pattern of just like after i'm done with work like sitting down and not trying to do five things at once and just watch a movie mm-hmm. and like enjoy it yeah i love i love turning my phone off and watching a movie yeah, like, yeah i love totally. nothing more i love nothing more than watching a movie for like two hours and doing yeah. nothing else during that time you know maybe having a snack maybe having a beer but like watching a movie, you know, and you're in the or moment, like reading you know? a book in that same way. Like I don't, I yeah. don't read enough books in that same way. But like oh, watching same. is something I feel like is is easier for me to do, and sort of tickles that same uh, that same zone. And I think yeah, it's it's very easy to like get yourself into a rhythm where you're trying to do five things or whatever. And I realized I could never get. I I was just like I was finding it very hard to even just sit down and enjoy anything I was doing because I was like you're, you're agitated, you're anxious, whatever. Um, and it was also like, this is the power of like, you know, these influences from across the world, like yourself and the lexicon, uh, lads, whatever it, it was, uh, it was Nick S that told me about the, it was it Nick S or G3 was talking about the attention economy. And, uh, I've got to listen to the whole mm-hmm. podcast he was talking about, but that was the thing that still like echoes to me. Like almost you've got a finite amount of attention resources for the day. Uh, and, and energy to kind of give to things. And when you find yourself doom scrolling, you find yourself just like subconsciously looking at your phone for whatever, it's draining a resource you kind of probably better spent 
doing other things with, you know, and like and 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 focusing on just one thing at one time, and and you know, just sitting down watching a movie for the longest time was like something I just like not done, <laughs> and now we're doing it like three times a week, and it's awesome. So it's kind of helped yeah. that I'm reading a bit more as well, and it's yeah, it's it's like a little bit of mindfulness as well. Nice. Well, I'll definitely recommend any Steven Soderbergh movie, but I'm I'm picking Ocean's Twelve as my pick for him. Nice. Absolutely. I was going to say too, so we've watched, um, I imagine you might have a few of these too, but uh, off Ginger Joe's conversation, uh, he's like, anything A24? I'm like, oh yeah. And it was, mm. I didn't actually, I didn't recognize that as the the kind of connective tissue of all these great movies I'd seen that I loved. And I didn't, I was kind of completely unaware. I'm like, oh, that's all those movies. Oh, gotcha. And so I went down, like been going down that rabbit hole. It's been fantastic. Like that's, you know, some some really amazing stuff to watch in there. But, um, yeah, A twenty four is like classic, crazy film. And yeah. Anything that's like you know sad and or gay and or sad and gay and or yeah. Robert Pattinson and or <laughs> drugs. Yeah. And not to like pigeonhole them too much, but oh, like no way. Very uh, very cool movies being made by A twenty four for sure. Absolutely. The one that that got me was mid nineties. That was the Jonah Hill's mm. first um direct all thing because it was like that that echoed me so hard with um uh just growing up skating and what a community meant and yeah. you know like that was your getaway and it was i always go back to it like basketball is one thing i still play it more recreationally than anything and i only do it in an environment that's actually conducive and you said it before there's definitely those times where as it's meant to be a team sport and there's some absolute like dicks like it's just you're not no one's helping anything in those kind of environments um but like a team sport ironically has more characters usually that are about themselves and what they're getting out of it themselves than the community aspect of something like skateboarding. And that, that always is the, the one I kind of draw the, the kind of attention to with, with like commander in a way, like, or, or, or magic that it's like to remember those kind of communities and how effective and amazing and supportive they can be. Um, and skateboarding is always that. I just wish that I could do it more with my uh, old weary bones, <laughs> you know, totally. <laughs> it's all fun. But yeah, mid nineties, good record, definitely. Um, all right, next one was. Uh, I hope you got an answer for this one. Favorite Pokemon. Uh, so my favorite Pokemon is Bulbasaur. Love it. My second favorite Pokemon is Blastoise, and yeah. my third favorite Pokemon is anything that's round. Any of them, <laughs> which are most of them. Like I know Bulbasaur is also round. Oh, a bit bulbous. They're, yes, yeah. they're they're all round you know, to some degree, but Bulbasaur is definitely my favorite. Um, I love it. Not, not Venusaur and Ivysaur, just Bulbasaur. Yeah. Um, and then Blastoise, you know, not Squirtle or Wartortle, just Blastoise. And then the one with the, number the three cannons. is any of the round ones, which I think are basically every, every other Pokemon. There's- I love how specific that criteria is. And that's so funny. I remember the end of like the original series and it's like, who's that Pokemon? And it's like a circle and you're like, Hey, that's a trick question. Fucking be like a- Voltorb or whatever. <laughs> yeah, or a Pokeball. <laughs> Yeah, or Pokeball, or you know, yeah, or yeah, it's like hey, hey, they're the same like Electrode or Voltorb or something, or a really smooth, a really smooth coughing or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> extremely smooth coughing. Yeah, yeah, being rolled around a bit or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I mean, it's, it's so funny. Favorite Pokemon's such a funny question that it's like I. It's funny that it, it is totally evergreen. Like in what we do with, with magic, you know, generally like nerdy type uh, interests, whatever, um, it doesn't even really matter. I think everyone, it was always the one on my, I'm going to encounter it where someone's like, I don't really care about Pokemon. Uh, but even so, like even with a fleeting interest in Pokemon, everyone seems to have a bit of an answer, which is great. And and 
in like really great reasons why, which I think I'll always throw my hat off to uh, how effective Pokemon was for like, uh, here's the one that represents me in a cool way. You know, this is mine. Like there's so many of them that everyone had like a bit of a favorite that felt like their own, you know, in a really cool way. It's great. Like, um, I mean, Ginger Joe's the other week was like so funny, like Grimer or Muck because it looks like a big Snuggie that you'd want to hug. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Yeah, hard agree. I love it. Um, and to round those out anyway, in just a few words, what does magic mean to you? Um, you know, I really think that magic is about the gathering and not yep. the gathering of the, the loot boxes and the gathering of the <laughs> borderless, textless, uh, judge promo, you know, Japanese alt art foils, but the, the, yeah, the super duper whale cards, but the, like the gathering of the people and the, the gathering of the community. I know, you know, many have said this more eloquently oh, yeah. than I, but I shall just add my voice to the chorus <laughs> of, uh, you know gathering the the people coming together enjoying enjoying their time you know we don't have an infinite amount of time on this earth so yeah to be able to share it with others is a it's a very transcendental and infinite experience in of itself and i'm very grateful for that i'm I'm grateful for the words you were able to put that in that was excellent and yeah i mean that's i mean there's another reason i was excited to get you on the podcast because you are bloody good with words so um yeah not uh thank you not surprised at that answer. That was great. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, I, I was going to say, in the interest of time, because I think you need to get out of here for uh, your plans today, um, but uh, I was going to, I might skip over entertaining. I'll do that next week. And we kind of talked about it, some stuff. We're vibing anyway. It's fine. Pretty much all I did was watch Matrix, Matrix Trilogy, but that's a whole nother rabbit hole. Um, mm. Just just watch it. It's great <laughs> for anyone that has it. It's I mean, like, it's yeah, great we could talk about the, we could spend another two two hours and 40 minutes talking about the matrix trilogy i think like I and i totally to would yeah <laughs> it's great fun uh and anything a24 as well that's that's kind of the binge we've been on um but uh yeah i don't know i, I think that'd be a good one to uh, to sign off on and um yeah again thanks so much for joining us gabe it's been a joy uh interested always to like uh even give a bit more like time towards your thoughts in commander because usually it's like in the midst of a game or after a game uh you know we're, we're, we're playing online or whatever um but it's always something that kind of boldens my perspective on the game and reminds me why I play. I say that about Peter and Joel, that too. Like, it's just like, yeah, you guys have meant a lot for uh, the re- like just validating the reasons I play as well. It's like, hey, guess what? There's this environment where you can play the wackiest stuff, but it's not silly. It's, I mean, sorry, it's not uh, for the sake of just being, hey, let everyone do their thing. It's like they're enjoyable, interactive games. Um, there's so much creativity. There's so much thinking about things alternatively and, um yeah it's just hugely stimulating so um yeah thanks for being you man and and you know thanks for doing what you're doing oh no thank you thank you for having me on the podcast i really appreciate it you know i'll leave i'll leave with one final story it was uh the day i was getting my covid vaccine was i think it was like the, the day after or the couple days after the the episode with dana from EDH rec came oh, out yeah yeah we're just listening to it i was in the line the drive-through line of getting my COVID <laughs> shot, and I was really nervous because I don't like needles at all. And I remember just yeah, listening yeah. to the silky voice of uh, you and Dana, and I think <laughs> it was just—it was really just comforting to have that. Oh shit! Like I never thought that's what anyone would say about what we're doing. Well, there you go. I just beautiful. said that. Same. Thank you. So thank you're you. welcome for that no. glowing review at the end of your podcast about well, your podcast. It's valid that. Exactly. And, uh, and I'll say the same, go, go check out ice tap on, uh, on Spotify. Listen to Gabe's music. Gabe is insanely, uh, modest about what you do for the quality. I think people like, like, Oh, 
it's not just one thing for some of that. Oh yeah, I do a bit of music. It's like, God damn, like you've done things. <laughs> you absolutely have. And the, the quality you approach it in, of course, it's just, it, it's exceptional and it's been really amazing to get to know you as well. But um, yeah, go listen to I Step on, uh, on Spotify for sure. And uh, you know, where else, I, I guess, you know, where else can the people find you, I guess, Gabe? Yeah. So I'm on uh, Twitter at I Step, um, like you said, on Spotify. Uh, I'm on Discord in the Lexicon server. Um, floating around there a lot if you ever want to talk about magic or uh, bug me for a game I'm usually around in the evenings of Pacific time after I'm off work. Um, I believe yeah, I don't know if we're allowed to say this. You're a moderator now, aren't you? Aren't you on the? Uh, yeah, on the I don't community. know why they decided to do that. That was a mistake. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think you're. You know, I, I think you're a beacon of the community. So yeah. I haven't had to kick anyone out yet, but you know <laughs> I, I have that power. So if you come on and talk a, a bunch of trash about me, I can just kick you out. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, you're a that, but... yeah yeah love it um yeah cool and uh you can find me at pastor jam sam on the twitters and the instagrams you can usually find oh no where is he chesh who's usually here but it's way too early for him uh at cheshire plays on pretty much everything and you can find the podcast at i lost my notes for a second the website is cmdrcrunch.fireside.fm the uh on twitter at cmdr underscore crunch Instagram is at CMDR Crunch and uh, send us thoughts, feedback, questions, pictures of cephalids, whatever you feel like. Movie recommendations to cmdrcrunchpodcast at gmail.com. And um, yeah, no, it's been a fun one, dude. And I just want to thank everyone for listening again uh, and, and also kind of keep them up with, we've kind of slowed down the schedule a little bit, but in a way that makes me feel a lot better about like, uh, you know, with, with kind of my life schedules like increasing in, in work, things like that being able to sit down every two weeks and go, we can have a just good hearty conversation and I'm not stressed about it or anything um, is, is the key kind of thing. So I think I might yeah, be, really- might be doing a few more like weekly, uh, you know, when the, when the kind of um, schedule permits or whatever, but until then the baseline is fortnightly and I'm, I'm glad everyone's still keep on on board for that and, you know, listening as they are, which is awesome. And I just want to, uh, once again, appreciate that you were able to wake up at 7am to have this conversation with me. Uh, you know, it's not easy to wake up then. Uh, I'm not ah, the fine. biggest morning person myself, so I really appreciate you being flexible and making it work for me today. Oh, it was no problem at all. I was, I was, I was really excited for this one. Awesome. Um, well, in that case, any uh, I usually sign off a little bit of advice, but uh, you know, not that I'm, I'm the best, wisest person to give advice, but usually comes down to something like take it easy on yourself. But I guess I'll say this week, just try and, you know, if you haven't, uh, sit down and kind of uh just live in the moment and watch a movie like it's you know i know it's so it seems like such a natural thing to do or read a book like uh, but it can be really really cathartic and and exactly what you need kind of thing and you know um just do one thing not five uh my advice would be to whatever you're doing make sure that the next thing that you do is to have a nice glass of water yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That feels like some uh, Baz Luhrmann-esque, uh, you know, the, that sounded like really cool. Um, you know, the, you must always wear sunscreen song. Mm-hmm. That's what that sounds I'm like. I'm not familiar sure. with that, but yes, you must oh, always wear sunscreen. That's, you pr- that's you might know it. Yeah. Yeah. It's that kind of thing. That's like all these things about life. And it's like, but what you must always do is wear sunscreen. What you must that's always true. do is absolutely drink a glass of water between things. That's, that's mm-hmm. absolutely fundamental, fantastic advice. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah. I mean, my pleasure. It's more of a reminder to myself because I definitely feel (laughs) I did not drink enough water during this during this last two hours or almost three hours now. 
my tip is to have a gigantic drink bottle. And it, it's funny, I, uh, I I have one for some reason and then I lost it, I noticed. I left it somewhere. Uh, like it's a two-liter one and it's it's nuts. And I noticed there's a correlation between how much water you drink and how big your receptacle is. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, had, and I, had I drunk more water or had I consumed more water during this uh, podcast, I would have had to take a couple breaks. Uh, yeah, exactly. I didn't. I didn't yeah. preface that. We usually don't take breaks, but it's like you can take whatever you want. But uh, too late for that after the fact. But um, good job. Yeah, we're, we're, it's all good. <laughs> Love it. Awesome. All right. Until uh, a couple of weeks' time. Take care, folks. Awesome. Bye.